is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, the, the Haystack Show Yo. with Mike Guido. And it's Monday, and it's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We're on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. I'm Mike Guido. He's Evan Mazza, my producer. Good to have you in here on this Monday. It's Bold Prediction Monday. That comes up at the end of the show. I give you three bold predictions uh, that will follow through for either the rest of the week or the rest of the season. Uh, I, actually, there will be uh, two of these bold predictions will be able to be answered by, I believe, the beginning of next week. Two of the three will be able to be solved by the end of next week. And that's something... Because I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm giving you predictions, but you got to wait like the whole year in order for them to follow through. So what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start giving you some more obtainable ones. You know, maybe like ones that will follow through in a week or so, or... Whatever. I actually have a bold prediction for tonight. So by tomorrow, I'll be, see if I'll be able to get this right. Uh, buy or sell coming up later. Plenty of stuff to go over today. What a week in the NFL. I want to start with this. The Giants were able to win on the road against the Bucks. A great game yesterday, 32-31. Matt Gay uh, missed the game-winning field goal for Tampa Bay with, uh, from 34 yards out. Uh, Giants put up 32 points, and Daniel Jones was absolutely fantastic. Uh, When you've had something for a long time, and this is something that I've noticed, when you've had something for a long time and it's been good to you for the most part, you defend it when it's on its downturn. The Giants for a number of years now have defended Eli Manning like crazy because he's been the entire franchise for 15 years. I don't blame you for holding on to what is yours. I don't blame you for that. But Giants fans had this thing where whenever we, <laughs> whenever anything happened involving Eli Manning, it was Eli is our guy. Eli isn't the problem. Okay, keep this in mind. Ben McAdoo, who absolutely deserved to get fired, Ben McAdoo, when he benched Eli Manning, got fired for it. That just shows you how much the Giants organization and Giants fans defended Eli Manning. And I kept hearing from Giants fans that Eli was not the problem in the offense. You know, I I needed to, I personally needed to look at his numbers. The problem was that he didn't have good coaching and no receivers and the offensive line was terrible. That's what I heard. That's why they were losing games. Daniel Jones comes in yesterday, and the offense magically got better. Oh, so so wait. Eli was the problem. You do realize that the play calling was much better yesterday, and the receivers looked much better yesterday, and the offensive line looked much better yesterday, right? The reality is that Eli was holding you back. The receivers had to be cautious in routes because they needed to compensate for his lack of an arm. 
Okay, Pat Shermer's playbook was limited because Eli couldn't expand the field. Any play that would have expanded the field more than 10 yards, he couldn't run. Everything was really predictable with Eli. And the offensive line suffered, and I'm not going to defend the offensive line too much because it was bad, but the offensive line suffered to a different level because Eli Manning had zero, and I mean zero, mobility out of the pocket. And he had an incredibly long release. I mean, it was, it was Tebow-esque where you wind up and finally get rid of the ball five seconds later. Eli, the quick release was not there for Eli anymore. So none of that was present yesterday with Daniel Jones. Oh, and by the way, this is the best part. He played most of the game yesterday, including the entire comeback at the end of the game, without Saquon Barkley, their best offensive player by far. Saquon Barkley got hurt early in the game. People say he's the best running back in football. It's getting hard to argue that. Oh, and Daniel Jones did all of that work late in the game without Saquon Barkley. Now Barkley's going to be out for looks like Barkley's going to be out for a while. So He's going to be a, out for a little bit. That's a huge, huge loss for the Giants. I know that again. They won yesterday. That's good. You take it. You know, Tampa Bay's defense is just is you know struggled down the stretch. I don't know what happened with them yesterday. How you know they were up what twenty to six something. Well, the game? here's here's where I'm going with this. And and I I know that people are going to tell me losing Barkley's huge. I know people are going to tell me. Mike, don't overreact. They they were playing Tampa Bay. That defense isn't any good. You realize that Cam Newton with Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson, Ron Rivera, and a bunch of young, talented receivers got virtually shut out by this defense. They were down 20. at home. They're up twenty-eight to ten and a half, Tampa Bay, and that they lost a game where Mike Evans had to, had a tremendous first half. Like you can't lose a game like that where your best playmaker has a game like that, especially in the first half, and they ended up losing. That just can't happen for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Cam Newton uh, and those Carolina Panthers, that you know, Cam Newton, the guy, the guy that you love, uh, got shut out, <laughs> virtually shut out by this Tampa Bay defense in Carolina. The guy that you love, remember? Okay, this game against Tampa should serve as an enlightenment for Giants fans. It should serve as an enlightenment. Okay, for the Giants fans that defended Eli, you can breathe. I love Eli Manning. I hate the New York Giants, okay? I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan that lives in New York. I hear so much flack from everybody else. I despise the Giants, but I love Eli Manning. And I have for a long time. I really do have a fondness for Eli. But he was the problem in your offense. I told you Daniel Jones today is better than Eli Manning. And yesterday, that was proved right. Daniel Jones has the arm that Eli doesn't have anymore. He has the mobility that Eli, quite frankly, never had. 
the play calling is no longer limited. The receivers could actually be receivers. And those receivers are not great. Sterling Shepard is okay. Cody Latimer is whatever. Darius Slayton. I mean, these are not great receivers. But Daniel Jones yesterday, listen, you don't throw, you don't complete 64% of your passes, 336 yards for two touchdowns. I I mean, these are guys that can, that, uh, look, Eli made them look really, really mediocre. Daniel Jones against, I get it, and, a not so great Tampa Bay secondary. I guess, I'll but say. not. Uh, but I mean, how much do we have to ask when it comes to that Carolina game? How much is that was Cam Newton and the Carolina offense just being a struggle the whole entire way? Right. But how much listen, that was that? but you and I doesn't take doesn't take credit away from Daniel Jones. He was fantastic yesterday, and now you're going to pack the house on Sunday. Now all of a sudden, a game against Washington at home that looked like people were probably going to be like, eh, you know, whatever. Now everyone's going to pack the house and show up to this game against the Washington against Washington this Sunday. Now the house, now MetLife is going to be packed. Giants can win that game. That's a real game. But my my thing is is that I agree with you. I, I don't I don't love Cam either. But there, uh, the I find it that most of the people that like Cam, Cam Newton were like uh, are now the same people that kind of defended Eli. That Eli's not the problem. Look at the numbers. Cam's not the problem. Look at his numbers. Okay. Okay, but listen, uh, and look, Giants fans, I think, could be really enlightened by what happened yesterday because, listen, uh, look at this. Dan- I told you, everybody that hated this draft pick, I was like, well, wait a minute. Just wait a minute. I didn't, uh, listen, I-, I thought the blo- the Giants blew this draft, but it wasn't because of Daniel Jones. It was because I think they... D- Absolutely, I mean, really messed up on the Dexter Lawrence pick. And then I wasn't in love with DeAndre Baker to start out. But Daniel Jones, look at it. He can actually play. It's a miracle. You shouldn't act surprised. Okay? I understand that he's going to have a... And I think that there will be struggles along the way. I I get it. He's a rookie. He's the Duke quarterback. It, okay, I'm not. I'm not going to be naive and say that he's going to be perfect. But uh, listen, uh, like I said, I think he's going to show signs of brilliance. Yesterday, he showed signs of brilliance against a secondary that he probably should have taken advantage of. He didn't look like a rookie yesterday. He looked like a seasoned NFL veteran. And that's what I liked about him yesterday. And Giants fans can feel comfortable handing the franchise off. It is an enlightenment for fans that defended Eli Manning. Who do we got? Uh, Jeff on the line. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Michael, good afternoon to you, sir. How about Danny Dimes? I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Uh, I was at the game yesterday. I got to tell you, straight up, that has to be a performance where, especially with Saquon Barkley out of the game and all that kind of stuff, like, can we leave Dave Gettleman alone and stop saying, oh, I wouldn't have taken him at six. I would have waited to 17. Like, no, he looked like he was worthy of six yesterday. He did. 
He did. Yeah, I, I think right now you've got to give Gettleman a break. I think right now you've got to give Gettleman a break. Now, I'm not saying leave him off the hook because we, every GM in the NFL we hold accountable. This is not going to take Dave Gettleman off the train. But the, yesterday, Daniel Jones looked incredibly good. And like I said, I think Giants fans can feel comfortable with moving on from Eli. The guys that defended Eli, I think now can realize, all right, uh, the problem in our offense was actually Eli Manning. It wasn't really the offensive line. It wasn't the receivers. It's not Pat Shermer. It's, you, you, the offensive line looked good yesterday. So did, uh, so did Pat Shermer. Uh, and listen, when you're able to, explain, uh, to expand the playbook, it makes an, an, a world of difference. Pat Shermer was a different play caller yesterday. I, I mean, listen, yeah, they, I mean, Daniel Jones put 32, uh, 32 points of offense on the road. I guess, uh, granted, Tampa Bay, but you've got to keep in mind, Tampa Bay's defense held Cam Newton to 16 points last week, who most people I, like. So I've I got to be honest with you, though. I think you're, I think you're underselling Tampa, like, they're better than I think people will give them credit for. Like, they may not win a lot of games, but they're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a very tough out. Well, yeah. I don't think that they're going to be an easy win for most weeks because they can score points, and they do have a pass rush. So that's one thing that I do think that they have going towards them. It, listen, the problem with, with Tampa is not necessarily that their secondary is bad. Their problem with Tampa is that Jameis Winston turns the ball over five times a game. Like, that's no, I, mean, I understand problem. that, but I'm, I'm trying to give Danny Dimes some more credit here because I think what he did yesterday was beyond impressive, like just beyond impressive. Now, and I understand it's only one game and all of that kind of stuff, but, I mean, you really saw what, you know, the, the detriment that – Eli Manning was to that offense yesterday. Right, right. Well, listen. That's my whole point. Is I, I, you're not. I'm not trying to. I'm not going to try and undersell what Daniel Jones did yesterday. I think that what he did during the preseason, and then on top of that, what he did yesterday, is extremely impressive just from a pure mental standpoint. Okay, this guy was hated in New York. They, everybody hated the pick. The guy got they booed at Yankee Stadium. Stadium. I mean, like. They more. Listen, and now everybody's turned around. Do you have any idea how much mental fortitude it takes to brush all of that off over your shoulder and perform like that in the pre- The guy completed 85% of his passes in the preseason, and his first NFL game, he torches somebody without Saquon Barkley. I, I just, I think it's really, I, I agree with you. I think it is really impressive. And like I said, my whole point to my whole rant here is that if you didn't think Eli was the problem, now you get it. Because the Giants offense looked really good yesterday. Really good. They were terrific, man. I, I, you know, like being there and seeing like New Yorkers at the game and stuff. How many, like, how many, Giants, I, fans, I how many Giants fans did you see at Tampa yesterday? What's that? How many Giants fans did you see yesterday at the game? Uh thousands, thousands. There was a lot of them there yesterday, man, a lot of them. And truthfully, I don't think I've seen, like, actual fans as excited as I did at, like, halftime. Like, everyone showed up yesterday, like, all right, like, let's wait and see what happens. But at halftime, when we were all getting beers, like, they were excited for this kid. 
mm-hmm. excited. Really? Because they, they were down, what, 20, 10 and a half time, the, the Giants? Uh, right, but if you go back and look, yeah, it was, it was something like that, 28 to 10. But if you go and look, he was still making good throws. He wasn't oh, yeah. getting a lot of help at that point. Oh, and right. then in the second half is when, you know, Russell Shepard and Sterling Shepard and those guys started making some grabs. Look, I, I, like I was saying, the, the kid today... The kid today is better than Eli. The kid before he started an NFL game is was better than Eli, and I didn't have a, uh, I didn't have any problem saying that because I think Eli passed his best days. Eli, uh, Daniel Jones can do a, pretty much at least anything that Eli would be able to do. And well, listen, I'm not going to be naive and say that he's going to be perfect the whole way through. I think there are going to be some growing pains. He's going to struggle at certain points, but you will see signs of brilliance, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is a, a game where he led the comeback, where on, what was it? I think it was, it was fourth down, I think, where mm-hmm. he ran it into the end zone. I believe it was. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was. It was fourth down. It was fourth down, just and a, just an open... didn't find a receiver, and ran it literally right up the gut. Just a whole open... I mean, that takes awareness that not a lot of rookies have, and listen, I... I, I the reason I didn't hate the pick, part of the reason why I didn't ha- hate the pick, was because the Mannings swore by this kid. And Giants fans hated that. Giants fans hated, oh, this was a Manning pick. This was not a Giants pick. This was a Manning pick. I'm like, well, what's the problem with a Manning pick? You do realize that Peyton Manning's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, and Eli Manning gave you 15 great years at quarterback. What's the problem? What, is the, what is the problem with it being a man? If the Mannings swear by this kid, they're pretty smart people. Why don't you listen to them? What's the problem with your franchise quarterback trying his best to pick your other, your next, what you hope is your next franchise quarterback? Right. I don't see the problem. Daniel Jones looks like Eli, talks like Eli, acts like Eli, plays like Eli, except he's a little bit more mobile. I, you literally drafted the next Eli Manning, and he might even be better than Eli Manning. There is no problem here, and I don't think there was ever justified. And that's what I—that's my whole point: is D- Giants fans early had trouble letting go. They had trouble letting go of Eli, and if it wasn't their guy, they wouldn't accept it. So, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, the Giants fans and the Giants organization have defended Eli for years. Ben McAdoo benched him and got fired for it. So, the- I, I, just love the, I just love the people, though, that are like, oh, I would have never taken him at six. I would have waited till 17. Like, really? Like, I, I, really? I heard it's this on draft night. Yesterday, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've told you this before, too, Jeff, before I let you go. I pretty, I'm pretty sure I've had this conversation with you, too. If you like him at 17, you like him at 6. Right, but you know how, like, there's just too many just muggles out there that are just like, oh, 6 was way too high for Daniel Jones. Really? Yeah. He it, looked great yesterday. It, right. this, is, that's, in an, this is an NFL where they're desperate for quarterbacks. If you think you have a quarterback that you could take at 5 or 4, even if you think he's like a 22nd, even if he's probably worth 22 or whatever, you're going to go up and take him because you think he's your guy. Quarterbacks I mean, it's taken. just don't matter. Like, if you like a quarterback, yeah. it's the most important position on the team. Go and get him. Mitch Trubisky was is playing tonight. He was picked number two, and I know, and everyone says, "Well, the Bears, hey, they didn't have to pick Trubisky. They could have picked Watson or Mahomes." The fact of the matter is, they felt Trubisky was worth the number two overall pick, even though he might not have been better than Mahomes or Watson. So they went up and got him. 
That's just how it is. Teams, teams are good. And you're going to see it again this year with the whole strong strength of quarterbacks with Tua and Fromm and Justin Herbert. Teams are going to be saying to themselves, okay, we could probably get so-and-so at 15, but let's trade up now and get him at now while he's still on the board. Right. There's going to be teams doing that because teams are desperate for quarterbacks. Or teams want quarterbacks. Right. All right, Jeff, got to let you go, bud. But uh, good talking to you. Love it when you call. But And listen – I, I I tell you this every time. You're very polite with me, but you're very you're very mean to everybody else, and I'm perfectly okay with that. He's waiting for that Cowboys Patriots game. I'm telling you. Well, I, I got to be honest with you, Mike, because I know you're a Cowboys fan. God, I was hoping that they were going to choke and die yesterday because it looked ugly early for them. Ten to six at half, wasn't it? Right? Yeah. It was one of those. It was one of those things. And I give. Listen. Uh, first of all, I, I want to give Miami credit because Miami played well in the first half, and. I will criticize Dallas yesterday for, I think, taking them a little bit lightly in the first half. I really do. I think after the first half, they were just like, all right, now we, we got to actually play these guys. And when they did that, they then they started pulling away. But 24-10. at the first half, I th- I, they really struggled, and I think it's because they took them a little lightly. They said, we're going to steamroll them. And then in the first half, they're like, oh, my God, it's 10-6. <laughs> we're not stop pulling me away. from rooting for Miami. I was hoping they were going to pull it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, get off my phone, Jeff. <laughs> Enjoy your afternoon, boys. As well as you. I'll tell you. Right. I'll tell you what. If you if the Cowboys would have lost to Miami, because I was a little bit worried too. I was like ten to six and a half. Okay, it's a yeah, game. I was like, why was are like, we not scoring? I was like, okay. Daniel Jones might might be put to the side because. We we go be in for some hour of cowboy mm, talk if they will lose the no. Miami. <laughs> no 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 they they did they did redeem themselves. So All right, I will get Daniel Jones this next couple of games. Now he's got like what, hey winnable game this Sunday against Washington at home and again the place is going to be packed. This is going to be a packed house this Sunday. Next two is tough Minnesota. That's <clears> tough. <throat> that, that's at home, but that's tough. that's tough. Patriots on the road. Okay, that's um, a loss. <laughs> <laughs> How and crazy would it be if he beats the Patriots? If Daniel Jones beats the Patriots in Foxborough, then he will officially have taken the mantle from Eli Manning. Right. <laughs> the, the, there you go. The, uh, and this will be cool. The, uh, listen, they will be su- uh, they will be saying, Eli, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Well, I mean. That, listen, this will be, that's this, what they would do. This will be cool. October 20th. They'd be over it. This will be cool. October. They would be over, Eli, if that were to happen. Well, this will be cool. They might already be. October but. 20th, Giants-Cardinals. Daniel Jones versus Kyler Murray. That would be cool. That, that will be cool. That, that, be that cool. will be cool. All right. Uh, coming up next, is it possible that Baker Mayfield is way less than what we actually thought he was. I'm going to tell you what I mean next. It's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You know, I, I, I think about a lot the quarterbacks that we criticize quite a bit in the NFL I, I think about the, the Jared Goffs, Dak Prescott, uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. These, you know, all these young guys that we, you know, we love to criticize who they are on the field. Right? None of these guys have off-the-field problems, but nobody can really buy into what they do on the field. And I listen, when I watch these guys, I see talent. I, I, really, I really do. Okay, Dak, I think, has gotten a lot better. Jared Goff, same deal. Uh, Lamar Jackson looks like he's the, the MVP or the, the second MVP in the league uh, right now. Josh Allen looks like he's 
He's getting a lot better with his arm uh, as far as accuracy. He's got uh, increased his completion percentage by 12% so far this year. Uh, I- I'm impressed. I really am. I'm impressed by uh, a lot of the quarterbacks that we criticize quite a bit. Interestingly enough, though, the two quarterbacks taken in the 2016 draft, Goff, that taken before Dak, Goff and Wentz, are off the slow starts this year. Goff especially. Well, uh, I-, I wouldn't say Goff is off to a slow start. He's 3-0. Well, I'm saying statistically, when you watch him play, sure, they're 3-0, and but when you're watching him play, even last night, you're kind of saying, okay, Goff is a little off this so far. I mean, I do think, I think he's maybe okay. a little uh, he'll, Maybe he'll be, a little off he'll balance. Be okay. He'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. But, yeah, you could see, see, you could see something, something. Goff is off to a slow start this year. You can see it. So uh, when we talk about criticizing quarterbacks, it got me thinking about this last night. So the Browns lost to the Rams at home last night. It was a 20-13 to loss. Uh, Baker Mayfield completed 50% of his passes against a good Rams defense. I'm not going to make any excuses. Aaron Donald was all over the place, and that offensive line for the Browns is really, really terrible. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That Browns O-line is awful, and Aaron Donald is really good. (laughs) That that was the matchup yesterday. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that the criticism of Baker Mayfield doesn't exist, because it does. But we criticize him for what he does off the field, you know, Twitter, fighting with Cowherd, you know, like the, the cockiness, the loudness, all of that stuff that, that, comes with, that comes with Baker. But we never take a shot at Baker's talent. He was the number one overall pick in the draft a year ago and won the Browns seven games after they went 0-16. We have defaulted our minds to believing that Baker is the next great young quarterback. Our minds have already been defaulted to thinking that. He's already in the top ten conversation. And, you know, he's better than Jared Goff. And he's pretty much, and he's like Carson Wentz. And he's up there with Mahomes as a great young quarterback. And he's better than Big Ben and Phillip Rivers. And it, okay. Gotta be honest. I don't see it. I don't. I don't see it. Jason Whitlock on Twitter yesterday said that he doesn't understand why the Rams paid Jared Goff. You realize who won the game last night and who's now 3-0, right? You're picking on the wrong guy. Think about what Baker has done as the starter for the Browns in his career. He's 7-9. and He's completed just over 60% of his throws. So far, Cleveland is 0-2 at home this year, and the Browns also have the 24th-ranked scoring offense in football, and they have Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh, Nick Chubb, David Njoku for a game and a half, and an offensive coach, with two home games, by the way. Am I missing something? Am I missing something? Cool off a little bit on the Baker hype and cool off on the Browns hype. And I will be totally objective right now. I had the Browns going 9-7. and seven. And I'm not going to lie to you, they still could go 9-7. and seven. Big game this Sunday against the Ravens coming up. Big. In Baltimore, first place in the North on the line. I had them in the playoffs. I had the Browns making the playoffs. 9-7, sixth seed in the, in the AFC. I had them getting the second wild card spot. I had the Browns in the playoffs. But I'm going to admit, you know, 
I, I'm cooling off a little. There's no way that you should only put up 23 points against the New York Jets without Sam Darnold and with the worst set of corners in the entire NFL with those two wide receivers. With those two wide receivers, no way you're only putting up 23 points. Beckham was fantastic, though. I get it. Beckham was fantastic that night. I get it, but Baker wasn't. Sure. 54% completion percentage. Okay, he threw one touchdown against the Jets. And a pick. 13 points against Tennessee at home. 13 points against the Rams at home. With those receivers and that running back, am I... Am I missing something with Baker? And I get that everybody loves the guy. They love his personality. They love that he's fiery. They love the fact that he's a Brown and that he's the savior of the franchise and all that. Everybody's excited about it. But can we stop overreacting? Okay? We criticize Dak and Goff and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen for who they are on the field. Yet they're all 3-0 and or 2-1 and in Lamar Jackson's case. Right? And they're all having better years than Baker Mayfield. All of them. Plus, I don't have to worry about who any of those guys are off the field. Okay, Dak, Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, they're all grown ups. I don't got to worry about those guys. And they're all having better years. All of them. Combined, those three guys, those four guys have lost one game, and it was Lamar Jackson on the road against the Chiefs. <laughs> Big deal. Uh, listen, I know Baker Mayfield is exciting, and everybody loves how talented they think he is, but show me something to be excited about. Everything I see isn't what everybody tells me. Super accurate. Uh, takes control of the offense. Super player. Uh, show me that. I don't see that. If you were to ask me right now which quarterback I would take over Baker Mayfield, all the four guys that I just listed you, Lamar, Dak, Jared Goff, and Josh Allen, because we criticize those guys the most, that's why I'm bringing those specific four guys up, I would take all of them over Baker Mayfield right now. I would. All of them. uh, Listen, there's no way that you could have the uh, the 24th ranked scoring offense in the NFL 24th-ranked scoring offense in the NFL. And you've got Odell, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, David Njoku for a game and a half, and an offensive coach. Listen, give any other quarterback those weapons and watch what happens. I mean, it's ridiculous the way that we praise Baker Mayfield for being the savior of the Browns. I'm going to ask you one more time. Am I missing something? Freddie Kitchens, yeah, last night after the game, <clears throat> so to put put the game on himself. He put the game on him. Kitchens put. The I game like on that. Him. I, I I listen. I, I like that. Keep the, uh, you know, keep because uh, Freddie Kitchens isn't stupid. He understands the players that he has. And I expect the media is going to rip Odell. It's going to rip Baker. Baker. It's going to they're well, going to rip Baker. No, you know what I mean. The, mostly, mostly Baker. Mostly Baker. Baker but, mostly Baker. But Freddie Kitchens is just like, hey, listen, don't take it on any of my players. It's my play calling. All of that stuff. And then Baker tried to make accountability and say, "Listen, we didn't execute and all that stuff." I listen. I do think that they did fine in the press conference. I'm not bashing Baker Mayfield for what he says or what he does or anything like that. What I'm saying is, this is purely who Baker is on the field. We keep calling Baker the next great young quarterback. 
But so far, as far as young quarterbacks are concerned, I'm way more impressed by Dak. I'm way more impressed by Jared Goff. I'm way more impressed by Lamar. I'm way more impressed by Sam Darnold. I'm way more impressed by Josh Allen. All of these guys that are good young quarterbacks are the next up-and-comers are more impressive to me than Baker. Watson, Mahomes, those guys show me something and have success. Baker right now with two of the best receivers in football on the same team. I mean, these are he's got two guys that are frequent 100-catch-a-year guys. And he's got the 24th-ranked scoring offense. Oh, and he, he's had two home games. He was going to take the, he was what, take am I, the what am I missing? He was going to take the flack if, if things were going bad. Now, I will say, a lot of people thought they, they were going to get destroyed yesterday by, by the Rams. That didn't happen. Now, the, that, <clears throat> that's a credit also to the Browns' defense. That's the Browns', the Browns, defense, Browns defense. defense. The Browns', the Browns defense. defense played great oh, they yesterday. Played, they played great with a, with a, yesterday. With a secondary that wasn't necessarily That had no suit. Denzel Ward and no, no. Grady Williams. No. I, I'm like extremely Cooper Cup, Cooks, They were really good. So if that defense can play that well I mean, Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks got theirs. Well, they got <laughs> they, theirs. They had huge games they yesterday. They got theirs, but, they held, but the Browns' defense held their own. And I they, think that's listen, all you can ask. That's the, all you can ask. They held the running game. They rushed the passer. The Browns' defense yesterday looked great. So if they can, But if, offensively, that's you've got to be kidding me. No, you're right. You've got to be kidding. Like, listen, and I get that the Rams' defense is pretty good. It is. It's pretty good. They have a good pass rush. Dante Fowler's having a great start of the year. Very. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in football. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I get it. They have a strong secondary. They've got a bunch of good safeties and a couple of good corners, right? Peters, Tlaib, Weddle, Taylor Rapp, that rookie. Uh, John Johnson's good. Like, they do have a good defense. But you have a great offense. You realize that. Baker Mayfield, who's supposed to be the guy, and you've got Odell and Jarvis Landry. You have a great. We have. You've have got a, receivers that can beat those guys, oh, and they they're not beating them. They have a great offense on paper. They they need to get things. So now I think you're encouraged by their defense because their defense played really well. Oh, absolutely, the I am. Now, if their offense, and I'm are, discouraged by their offensive line because their offensive line's has, terrible. Has struggled, but. Their offensive line yesterday, you realize it wasn't the problem, right? Baker was so predictable yesterday. He was. Did you ever notice that whenever he felt pressure, he immediately tailed to his right? It was automatic. It was that well, Baker fa- does it all the time. It was that fadeaway jumper. Baker does it all he the time. He can never make that throw. Baker does he it all the time. He never makes that throw. He does but it all But he time. always... D- he can never successfully make that throw, but he always does it. He did it against the Jets, too, on Monday night. I right. Saw, he, I, like, he does it all the time. Whenever he feels pressure, that's what he does. He fades to the right and throws off his back leg, and he never makes that throw, ever. Now, I will say, though, now I will say, this Sunday against the Ravens, it, it is in Baltimore, it is an opportunity for that offense to get going because the Ravens' defense I don't think is as strong as, as we make it out to be, and it's in, and that's a secondary that's kind of weak right now. Uh, listen, they, can, they can attack that secondary. Now, this is a chance, that's a chance can. for the Browns' offense to get going and really – now the Ravens defense got three picks on Baker the last time they met. But, but listen, it's going to be a tough game. Is it in Baltimore? It's in Baltimore. It's going to be incredible. The Browns tough. are losing that football game. The Browns are losing that football. And, and I'll be honest with you. I think it's a pick right now, that game. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Like I said before, and we'll go to the news after this, but Lamar Jackson I have way more faith in than I do with Baker Mayfield. Lamar think- Jackson so far – think about this. Baker Mayfield so far in his career – is seven and nine, right? He's seven and nine right now. Lamar Jackson in his career is eight and two. Eight and three. I'm going to count the playoff game, but 
Dude, okay, we may, okay, quarterback wins and losses. All right, now that's a whole different conversation in its own self. How much can we count QB wins and losses? Because a quarterback can, can be, lose 27 to 23, look, go down the field, or 27 to 24, go down the field for the game-tying field goal, and the kicker misses. All of a sudden, that counts as him as a loss. He could throw a game-winning touchdown with down up uh, hey, listen, and the guy I drops and counts the loss. I think, I think it's a little hard to, for that argument, but that's probably is, a little hard to do QB wins and losses. Now, Lamar's record is pretty darn good so far. That's, hey, it's great, and Baker Mayfield's 7-9. Obviously, that's so But Baker's completion percentage this year, and this is the accurate thrower, is 57%. And Lamar is like 60. Lamar is at 63. 63. Lamar is at 63. He's thrown seven touchdowns, no picks. No picks. Baker, with those wide receivers, has thrown three touchdowns and five picks. No. There there is no excuse. Baker's a gunslinger. There is no excuse for Baker Mayfield. None. All right, we got to go to the news. Uh,. Let's go to the news with our interim Big J journalist, Evan Mazza, here on a Monday. So, yeah, big game. Actually, we just brought it up. Big game this Sunday in Baltimore coming up. The Ravens and the Browns. Ravens coming off a really tough loss against the Chiefs where they got dominated really in the first half. Down 23-6 at halftime. Cleveland held their own against uh, St. the Rams, but just not enough offense. They lost 20-13. If I'm not mistaken, next week has some really good football So, Browns-Ravens at Baltimore. Obviously, we got the whole week to talk about it. First place yeah. in the AFC, early first place in the AFC North game on the line. So, what are, you looking, what are we looking for in this game between the Ravens and the Browns? I'm looking at the Ravens secondary against that Browns, but often against the Browns receivers. Landry knows the Ravens. Beckham, Beckham torched the Ravens when they met a couple of years ago. Yeah, right. I think Beckham and Landry, we mentioned, you mentioned Beckham and Landry and this offense. I think those, those two could have a big, big game, especially Odell Beckham. I agree. I think it will be, that will be the focus. And the Ravens running game will play a huge factor, too. They were great in the second half. Mark Ingram was a beast yesterday. And that Browns defense is one thing they do struggle with. Mark Ingram has been fantastic oh, for the Ravens. A, you got he has been fantastic. And let me, last night. Let me say this. That's going to be a matchup, too, is how the Ravens running game works against the Browns defense. Because the Browns defense played well yesterday on Todd Gurley. They did hold Todd Gurley. Which is interesting. So yeah. the Browns have a way of holding running backs. They can, they can stop you. Olivier Vernon, Miles Garrett. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi is having a phenomenal year. Uh, uh, Joe Schobert, I think, is a very underrated middle linebacker. Uh, these are guys that can play. So I'm curious on whether the Ravens are able to run the ball against them. But I'll be honest with you. I I don't have any doubt that Lamar Jackson's going to have a good game against, uh, against the Browns. I don't have any doubt, especially in Baltimore. I, I, listen, I, I think Bal- this is like a... Like a shoe-in game. I would take the Ravens like 99 times out of 100 over the Browns this weekend. I would. The Ravens, I think, will will take control of the Browns this weekend. And I want to see if Baker... I want to see if Baker can actually take care of his offense. Can he complete passes consistently? Can he... Like, you've got those receivers... How many times do I got to stress? You have those receivers, and your completion percentage is fifty-seven percent on the year. Losing to Joku, I think. Twenty-fourth scoring offense in the league. Losing to Joku, I think, was also crazy. But he's he's the next great one. I'm way more impressed by like six or seven other young quarterbacks. I really am. Goff, Wentz, uh, Mahomes, Dak, Allen, Lamar Jackson, all the Darnold. I'm I'm way more impressed by all those guys. Watson. Seriously, like Baker Mayfield right now to me is in the, like, 
He's okay, but he's got to do more category. He's in the Trubisky category right now for me. He's in the Trubisky category because he's give, he's been given the resources, and you can't tell me that he's capitalized on it. He hasn't. Uh, no, as of, not as of yet. No, right now they wanted to. Right now they right now they're off to a slow start. This was this was what was going to happen. They got off to a slow start. You know, things would kind of, you know, the finger would be pointed at Baker Mayfield. And Freddie Kitchens is getting the blame, too. It's, it was good because Kitchens is a new head coach and everything. Offensive coordinator of last year that Baker Baker wanted. And so Baker's now going to take the criticism for their early season struggles. Now, hey, if, they come, if they come out and get a win in Baltimore, all of a sudden everyone is, all of a sudden everything is moot now. It all is moot, and they're in first place uh, by, obviously, they'd be tied, but obviously first place with the advantage over the Ravens. And all of a sudden, the hype will go back to the Browns again. Well, you're so probably every, right on Everything that. changes you're, with a win on right, Sunday for them. Right. But again, it's going to be incredibly tough. So, that game, that game is that game is going to be tough for them. No, they, I agree. They get through three picks last time they met. So here's my here's my deal on that. Um, Baker. I, I, God, what was I going to say? It's going to kill me. It really is going to kill me. Listen, right. Baker threw three picks, but he also threw for like 350-something yards that day, right. too. He was also, like, he had his moments. He had his moments where he was pretty darn good in that yeah. game, too. Right. But big game. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the Ravens running attack, and I'm looking at the Browns receivers and Beckham. Mostly Beckham. Beckham could have a big day. Nico Hardman got an 83-yard touchdown against the Ravens yesterday. A lot of big plays by the Chiefs offense. I could see Beckham having a big day. Uh, do you have, know what you want to say, or just move on? And move on. All right. Hopefully, it'll come, come up to, it, it'll come up to you. If it'll come, it, it'll, come. it'll come to me, it'll maybe. Come. Uh, speaking of young quarterbacks, I saw this interesting statistic by Gil Brandt. 21 quarterbacks started have started this week, or will continue to Orchabitsky, of course, tonight. Also makes it 21. But 21 quarterbacks this week, 26 years or younger. I thought that was a very interesting wow. stati- statistic. 21 quarterbacks who are 26 years or younger started this week. And, well, of course, continues tonight with Mitch Trubitsky. I thought that was a really interesting statistic. Now, of course, that plays with teams drafting young quarterbacks. It also plays with the injuries that we had, the Eli Manning benching, the Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold obviously being getting, being sick. Right, Cam um, Newton. The injuries to Cam, the injuries to Drew Brees, um, Big ben, ben Roethlisberger's injury. So that also, uh, obviously, Andrew Luck's retirement. So that that all, all those things played a factor, but that was really interesting. 21 quarterbacks. That's uh, 21 of 32 started it's quarterbacks crazy. 26 years or younger. Crazy. And... I was looking through them now. Of course, some of them played each other, but 11 of them won, including Kyle Murray's also won, including Kyle Allen pulling off an upset win over the Cardinals yesterday in Arizona. All right. So give me give me a minute on Kyle Allen because, like I said, I don't want to overreact to Kyle Allen. Cal. But, yeah, Cal. Cal. Um, but Kyle Allen looked incredible yesterday against Arizona and Arizona. Uh-huh. Those same receivers with that running back. Don't do it. Don't do it. That that coaching staff. Don't do it. That tight end and that offensive line. I know where you're going. I'm not saying that he's going to replace Cam Newton. I'm not. I'm not. But same thing with Baker Mayfield. What is the excuse for Cam? He put up 16 against Tampa. Tampa Bay... Daniel Jones torched Tampa Bay for 32 points. Cam Newton torched, uh, put up 16 points against him. And his backup against Arizona put up 38. What is the excuse here? What is the excuse? There is none. 
Kyle Allen looked phenomenal yesterday. I'm not saying that he's going to take Cam Newton's job, but, I, I mean, Kyle Allen's putting up 38 points, and Cam can put up 16. I, I, I don't know. Cal was 261, four touchdowns. I'm really impressed really by Cal. He was really, Cal was really, no, he was really good yesterday, and I, I think what was also more, again, I think what's also most that discouraging. That was funny. <laughs> Cal. 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 Oh, if Kyle Allen does start for a couple more games for the Panthers again, depending on how long Cam Newton's injury is, we're going to have – you and I are just going to keep saying, Cal Allen. The Panthers and Cal Allen take on so-and-so. Cal, in this game, threw three touchdowns and two you – know. I think what's also interesting is when I look at that game with the Cardinals, is to continue – again, it's – we can't we can't overreact over starts with Daniel Jones and we can't overreact over a start with Kyle Allen. We also can't overreact to the struggles of another young quarterback, Kyle Murray. That's just this – Again, we had more struggles with him and Cliff Kingsbury yesterday. So I, I think right now with these two, again, it's a work in progress. Once both come, both literally coming out of college early in the season, off they're both 0-2-1 to start the year. I think with Cliff, with Kyler Murray, again, that's another thing where we have to take one game at a time. I think we were trying to hype him up, hype this duo up really quickly, even though both are coming from college, and Murray was a young rookie number one pick. So I think with Cliff Kingsman, Kyle Murray, those two will eventually get going. I think down the stretch, we're going to see a lot of good things with those two this year. Because I was really impressed with Kyle Murray last week against the Ravens. I think down the stretch, we're going to see those two really get going. And you might, and that might set things up for more good things to come the following year. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess. Look, I, look, uh, I, I've been saying this about young quarterbacks for the past week. There are so many good ones that the old guys are going to die out early. They really are. These are guys that they're going to move off quarterbacks at 34 years old instead of 38. You know, they'll give you your 10 years. After those 10 years are up, you're gone. They'll move on. They'll keep going. All right. That's the news. Interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Monday. Uh, Hour number two coming up. Still plenty of stuff to go over today. Uh, Buy or sell coming up at 1230. Uh, Coming up next, accountability in life is so incredibly important. This player has none of it, and I think it's going to hold him back from having any success in life going forward. That's coming up next. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, the, the Haystack Show Yo. with Mike Guido. It's good to have you back. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer. Plenty of stuff to go over today on a Monday. Uh, buy or sell coming up later in the hour. Bold prediction Monday. It's today. I give you three new bold predictions. Uh, I told you at the open, two of those bold predictions will be followed through by the, by the, one is for tonight. Bears and Redskins tonight on Monday Night Football. Uh, it's in Washington. So that ought to be a little bit interesting. Um, 
but one of them is going to be pulled through tonight. The other one's going to be pulled through by the end of next week. Um, I'm actually going to be off Thursday and Friday. I will not be here, so we're only going to have a three-day week oh. this week. I'm going on a trip. My fiance and I are going on our anniversary trip. Nice. Where are you guys Go- going? Going to Cooperstown, oh, wow. New York. I was, I was just upstate over the weekend. And we are going to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And we are going to go to the Oma Gang Brewery over there. Apparently, it is like the best brewery to visit in New York. So she's always wanted to go to one. There's a nice lake there. We're staying at the Otisaga Resort Hotel in Cooperstown. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Right on a golf course. Mm-hmm. You get a beautiful view of the lake and everything. It's beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Now, is this your... Two years. No, no, it's your anniversary. Uh, is this your like, second time going to Cooperstown or your third? How many times have you gone to Cooperstown previously? This is my... So she's never been. Okay. Uh, this is my second. Oh, okay. I went there once when I was a kid. Um, I don't remember too much of it, so I wanted to go again, and that's what we're doing. We're going to go. Nice. All right. Uh, let's get into this, because this, to me, is very... Tiring. Let's just say that. The Patriots released Antonio Brown over the weekend, and quite frankly, it didn't leave anybody surprised. Nobody didn't see this coming. Okay, this makes A.B. look incredibly bad. Not even the Patriots can deal with him. So he tweeted yesterday that he won't be playing in the NFL anymore. And I'd like to say that I'm speaking for all of us when I say we're all Desperately heartbroken. Oh, what? whatever will we do without Antonio Brown in the NFL? Whatever will we do? <sighs> he then, in the same tweet, called out Robert Kraft, owner of the Patriots, and Big Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it became this whole big blame game for A.B. As if everything that's happened to him recently is other people's fault. The worst thing to not have as a person is accountability. The world is filled with people that blame others for their problems. And the worst part about that fact is that those people normally will think that way until they croak. Okay? The mentality is there until you die for most people. Antonio Brown will never have success in football ever again. Quite frankly, I don't know if he'll have success in anything ever again. He can't possibly think that this series of events is anybody else's fault. He's he can't actually, possibly think that. He is, yeah, well, yeah, he's probably done. He might very well be done in the NFL for, for good. <clears throat> he might very well be done in the NFL, but he is actually re-enrolled in Central Michigan now. He's going back to school? Yeah. That's something. But think about it. He brought every stitch of this on himself. He froze his feet. He cried about his helmet twice. He got into this sexual assault mess. I'm not lying to you when I say accountability is crucially important. When you don't have it, you're a problem. The sooner you recognize that you are the root of your problems, the better off you'll be. Antonio Brown is 31, and he still doesn't get it. That means, excuse me, to me, he never will get it. 
Antonio Brown is going to be stuck in this. He's going to be stuck. He was actually, just on the Central Michigan thing, he was the Central Michigan source was asked, uh, was asked, and he enrolled in all four of his classes on September 16th, so that was before he was kept by the Patriots amid allegations of sexual assault. He never graduated before leaving at CMU in 2009 to pursue a career in the NFL. They're actually all, all online classes. They're all online classes? I believe so, yes. I, I really I wonder what oh, what is it I wonder what Antonio Brown's major is. What is his college major? Does it say that? Entirely online that began in part last week. It began in part last week. Spokesman at the Mount Pleasant Michigan School did not immediately return a phone call. Missing. Kind of reading this off MichiganLive.com. Uh, doesn't really say what major. I would be what, fascinated to interested really what major. What ma- you know, it would be funny if he made what uh, if he majored in it. <laughs> Criminal justice. He's taking, he's taking <laughs> management English classes. Could you imagine Antonio Brown majors in criminal justice or law? <laughs> eight. Schedule, schedule includes high-level eight-week management class and 12-week English class, both of which began last week, September 16th, and an eight-week religion and sociology classes that begin, that begin October 21st. Wow. He has returned to the school several times since, most recently in June, after donating more than $100,000 to CMU for heated benches for his football team. The last several months. Okay, now it's just recap of now it's just recap of pretty much. Okay, so the last several months. but think about this for a second. The point I'm trying to push across is, is that the the quarterbacks in the league, and we criticize players for having this all the time. The quarterbacks in the league that don't put it on themselves, right? Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, the Baker, all these guys that don't necessarily put it on themselves. They all say, "Oh, it's Aaron Rodgers, right?" The it's the practice squad players. We got them dogging, and, uh, dogging it in practice. D- Come on. Come on. We make fun of those guys. And what kind of success have they had recently? Not too many. I'm just saying, listen. A, B. Well, I think with this, with this, you're right, you're right about that. With A, B's case, it's not taking responsibility for stuff that's not on the field. This is stuff that is, right. This is stuff that is. Oh yeah, it's the serious. owner's fault. He got void. The Patriots are voiding his guarantee. And he's filing a grievance against him. Right, exactly, and he's going to lose. He's going to lose. So here's my thing. The Raiders. Think about this for a minute. The Oakland Raiders, who we pardoned as the most dysfunctional team in football, right? Antonio Brown, John Gruden, Mike Mayock. They had all these different guys, right? Vontez, perfect. Antonio Brown's gone. We're three weeks into the NFL season. Have we talked about the Raiders since? Gruden's this big personality. Mike Mayock's this big personality. We haven't talked about the Raiders once since Antonio Brown left. The Browns voided his $30 million in guarantees. And then the, he goes to New England. The New England Patriots release him. They void his $10 million in guarantees. And he thinks it's their fault. Do you realize that your whole thing was you were too much for the Raiders? Okay, the helmet thing, not going to practice, the, 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 the frozen foot thing, the filing a grievance, all of the. It became too much. The Raiders got rid of you. Well, he also asked the Patriots at the same deal. He asked right? for his release, and they gave it to him. And the Patriots, I think the Patriots knew. The Patriots knew what was going. You knew that this was coming when Belichick refused to answer these questions. And he said, "I'm on the press conference." I'm and done. He walked out. I'm done. He said, "I'm done." 
because they knew because again the text messages stuff came out with it with a with Antonio Brown the text message stuff came out from the Sports Illustrated source from the Sports Illustrated writer Robert Klemko you had all that stuff come out right you have more stuff you have more things that more people could come out and talk about things and um, more people could come out with this AB situation so the page and the Patriots I'm sure knew this was going to get worse so they said we got to we got to end this now and you knew they you knew that was going to happen when this whole when the sexual assault allegations and rape allegations came out. You knew that was going to be the case. But, like, think about that for a second. Like, the, the Patriots that bring Corey Dillon, Randy Moss, Ocho Cinco, right? all these guys with massive personality, Josh Gordon, all these guys with massive issues off the field. They bring those guys in, and they, they made it more than a game. I'll put it that way. Antonio Brown made it one week. And we and look from way the way he looked in week two. I know it was against Miami, but he looked fine in week two. Looked fine in week two. It looked like it was going to be a match made in heaven. Him and Brady. He's, that's that's that's. What and he's doing. just like, uh, he's done. He's done, and the league will be better without him. It will be better without him. The league, the NFL doesn't need him. Nobody needs him. Nothing. They will be fine without him. And the fact that he doesn't take any accountability for any of that stuff, and he doesn't take any accountability for the sexual assault case, the helmet grievance, it is all, it's the owner's fault, and it's my ex-quarterback's fault, it's the league's fault. To... Stop. The sooner you realize that your problems are your fault, the better off you'll be. All right. Antonio Brown, he's got some issues, and he's done in the NFL. There's no way he comes back to the NFL. None. All right, uh, coming up next, one of my favorite segments we ever do on this show. We haven't done it in a while. Uh, we actually, we, what did we do it, last week or two weeks ago or something like that? We did it last week. Did we do it last week? We, we I think it was the, first, we, the first time we did it in a while was last week. Yeah, we did it last week, first time in a while. Buy or sell. We'll play by ourselves. Coming up next, Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back, Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer. Good to have you in uh, here on a Monday buy or sell. One of my favorite segments all week. Before we get to buy or sell, I wanted to tell, I wanted to tell you, I checked the records for our, our week this week. Me, as of entering tonight, me and Monica were 9-6 and six this week. You were 8-7. and seven. Yeah, so. We both, I don't know anything. We, tell, we all got the. Uh, How did I go 8-7? 8-7. and, seven? Eight and seven. What games did I get? I'm going to look at this. So what games did I get wrong? I got. Eagles-Lions. I, I know I got Eagles-Lions wrong. I got. Um, Falcons Colts. Falcons Colts wrong. I got the Bucks, Panthers Bucks, Cardinals wrong. Bucks Giants Panthers Bucks, Cardinals Giants Chargers Chargers and Houston Seahawks. Yeah, and Saints and Seahawks. Jesus, I got them all wrong. We all, I mean, we all got, terrible. we all got Philly and Detroit wrong. We all got that one wrong. Yo, do you have any idea how happy I am being a Cowboy fan? The Philly lost to the Lions yesterday. You know, I think we have. They to lost get, to I'll Detroit. Tell you, I'll tell you, we're not Detroit. I'll tell you, we gotta give Detroit some credit though. They are a fourth quarter collapse away from being three and zero, and they beat no slouches. They beat the Chargers at home, and they beat the Eagles just now in Philadelphia. So I, we might have to give. Maybe them a the a Chargers are slouches though. 
The Chargers don't look good. They don't look good at all. They really don't. Like, I'm not like I don't think it's because they're missing Melvin Gordon. I just think they're getting really like their defense is awful. Which is surprising. They've got a great pass well, rush. They're, they're missing Derwin. J- They've got like four injuries in their secondary. They can't defend the pass at all. Derwin James is a big loss. Derwin Adrian James Phillips is out. Derwin James is out. Everybody's out. It's crazy. All right. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Buy or sell. We usually do this on Thursday, but because we're on a short week, uh, we'll do it today on Monday. So here we go. Buy or sell. Okay. So, actually, this is a bit of breaking news. Buy or sell. Cam Newton is, is, is going to be out again this Sunday. Yeah. I guess for the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. So buy or sell. I will buy that. He is out. No. no. <laughs> Wise guy. Wise guy. So buy or sell. Kyle Allen could start the rest of the season. You hinted at it. I'm going to throw it at you. No, I don't when, think they when, would when do Cam, When Cam gets healthy. I don't think they would Cam do that. When Cam gets healthy, I'm gonna, gonna keep I'm, Kyle in there. I'm going to sell that. You mentioned it. I'm bringing it up. Sell, I know. Sell, sell. I'm going to sell that just because I think it's... like The organization has a fondness for Cam Newton. I, the fans have a fondness for Cam. I mean, when Cam gets healthy, they're not going to say, Well, we really do like Kyle Allen. Like, no. They're going to start Cam Newton, and they're going to roll with him. And unless Cam Newton really starts to struggle, I can't see Kyle Allen finishing the season as a starter. But the only way I can see that, if Cam was out for the year, then yeah. But no, if Cam comes back, they're going to they're going to play Cam Newton. So I'm going to sell that big. Buy or sell. Jalen Ramsey has played us now. Jalen Ramsey called out sick this week, and he's out. He believes he has the flu. Yeah. This week with the flu. yeah, the flu. He's got the flu. That's all he says. No, he take out the L. He's got the FU. That's what he's got. <laughs> so buy or sell. Jalen Ramsey will be traded in the next in this week. <sighs> I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Because I think there are suitors, and I think that if I think that if the I think if the right offers come, uh, right offer comes, Shot Khan cannot. Turn it down. Well, I, think I, about that for I'm a second. I'm going to give you this. Actually, that's an interesting point because here's an offer that the Ravens apparently made, and they said no. And I'm going to buy or sell this one. So buy or sell. Okay. The Ravens apparently offered a first round pick, a second round pick, and Hayden Hurst for Jalen Ramsey, and the Jaguars said no. Buy or sell. That was a good move for the Jaguars to say no. No, it's a terrible move. Why would they th- sell that? What? So you're okay. So you're getting a first round pick. You're getting a second round pick. And Hayden Hurst was a first round. And you're getting year. Hayden Hurst, who was a first round tight end, when you desperately need offensive weapons. That's a terrible move. Why would that? Listen, I think that Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, is really hoping that he can keep Jalen Ramsey. He wants to pay him. He wants but to pay Jalen him. Ramsey wants out. He held his own press conference explaining why he wants out of Jacksonville. He wants out, and he isn't hiding it. So he's going to get his wish eventually. This week, I'll, I'll, I'll say bye, but I don't really feel too confident in that. I'm going to say bye. I'm really scared that he's going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. 
I have a feeling he's going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. I think after yesterday, the he Eagles feels it. Yes, I think after yesterday, the Eagles should be going right after Jalen Ramsey. No questions asked. Hey, listen, that it, secondary is terrible. It's a mess. Even if I were the Eagles, though, I wouldn't give any more than a first rounder. Like I'm not giving him multiple firsts. I'm not. I hear you, but the Eagles might have to overpay. That secondary is maybe the one thing. Obviously, they have injuries. I mean, think about it. You're right. They they are a little desperate right now, right? Because they're they lost to Atlanta on uh, on Sunday Night Football, and Atlanta right now does not look great. And they lost to Detroit. Now, I guess the verdict is still out on Detroit because they haven't lost a game yet. But like, really? At home against Detroit. It was at the link. I thought they had it too when they blocked the field goal. I said, okay, here we go. Carson Wentz is going to leave. They're going to leave the tie or send it overtime or they're going to win the game on a touchdown. This didn't happen. Yeah. All uh, right. Go ahead. So, okay. Today's overreaction Monday. We're going all nuts on the Daniel Jones hype train. So, Daniel Jones' home opener is this Sunday against the Washington Redskins. Yeah. Uh, his home debut place will be packed. Yesterday, he was yesterday a 63.9 completion percentage, 336 passing yards, two touchdowns, four overall with two rushing touchdowns included. So, on Sunday against division rival Washington, he will pass for over 340 yards again and throw for two touchdowns again. That's the, I'm so in between on this. I'm going to say no. I'm going to sell that. Because I think that's a lot to ask from a rookie quarterback to do in consecutive weeks. But I do listen. I despise the New York Giants. Despise them. But I, I Daniel Jones can play. This kid can play. Accurate with the football. He's poised in the pocket. You can tell he's mentally tough because everybody in New York hated him, and he was able to complete eighty-five percent of his passes and do that in week three. The guy was booed at Yankee Stadium, and he. Somehow it doesn't bother him. I mean, I, I like the kid. I have faith in him. But for him to do that in consecutive weeks, I don't think it's possible. I, even against, like, Washington. Uh, I will say this, too. Washington is not a great football team, but they do have a decent defense. Like, their front seven's good. They have a decent secondary. Josh Norman, uh, uh, what is their name? Fabian Moreau oh, yes. and Landon Collins and... Like, they've, they've got pieces over there. Like, they're not, you know, Monte Nicholson is not a bad safety. I I, I think it's going to be a lot. I think Daniel Jones will play well, and I do think the Giants probably win that football game, but I'm not, I'm not going to overreact and say that Daniel Jones is going to be, you know, 400 yards. and that, No. Give me like 250 and two touchdowns, and then I'll be happy. I think I'll be I, that would be fine. So the Seattle Seahawks, they had they had a real tough loss yesterday, losing to the New Orleans Saints without Drew Brees, 33-27. They were down 27-7 at the I believe going to the fourth quarter. Seahawks barely squeaked by the Bengals, 21-20 at home. They were able to squeak by the Steelers on the road, 20-26 before this loss. So yeah. buy or sell the two and one. They get the Cardinals this week. Buy or sell the Seahawks as a two and one football team are overrated. Yeah. I buy that. I don't love the Seahawks. Bye, bye, bye! Now, I love Russell Wilson because I think he's great in big games. I think he's a top three or four quarterback in the NFL. My issue is, it, it, my issue has never been with Russell Wilson. It's always been the roster around him. His offensive line's terrible. He has, and I mean, and I mean this literally, he has zero wide receivers. I don't care what anybody says about Tyler Lockett. And DK Metcalf's a rookie. Okay, I don't love his wide receivers, and that defense is just a bunch of guys. 
It's Bobby Wagner and a bunch of guys. They traded Frank, Frank Clark. Their number one corner is Shaquille Griffin. What? I, I, I don't know. I, I do think the Seahawks are overrated, but... And it even it troubled me yesterday that they lost at home to the Saints by that, like, that badly to the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Uh, at home. At home. And Russell Wilson... Uh, what did Russell Wilson have? Five touchdowns just What, he threw for three and oh. caught and ran for two or something? I mean, it was ridiculous. I believe so. Russell Wilson in a phenomenal game. They can't stop anybody. Yeah, two touch- Russell had two touchdowns yesterday. Passing, 406 yards passing, 102.6 passer rating. Hey, listen, I had them winning the game, too. I- and I thought the Seahawks would have nope. gotten the biggest break <laughs> out of it. any team in football because, yep. all right, you get the Bengals at home in week one. Then in week two, you go to Pittsburgh, but Big Ben gets hurt, so you face a Mason Rudolph. And then you get the Saints without Drew Brees at home. I'm like, dude, you're going to start off the season three. That's punching your ticket to the playoffs. That was big right there. I think that's a big loss. Very big. Very big for the Seahawks. So, speaking of the Saints, after coming off this big upset win yesterday, they take on the Dallas Cowboys in the Superdome at home. Big, big game. I believe it's Sunday, Sunday night. night football, yes. Sunday night football. My fiancé is a Saints fan, I'm an, and I'm a diehard Cowboy fan. That's going to be fun. Okay, That's so. That's going to be fun, the, a good football game. The Seahawks deep. Now, Dak Prescott's off to an incredibly hot start, and the Cowboys offense off to an incredibly hot start. The Saints defense have scored have given up twenty have given up twenty seven point three points per game. They're twenty sixth in the NFL in defensive points per game, and in passing yards they are thirtieth in passing yards allowed. So Dak Prescott, so the Cowboys offense, I'm going to say in total offense in the Superdome will go over four hundred yards of total offense. Bye bye bye. Bye bye bye. There you go. Now listen. I'm not saying this because I'm a Cowboy fan. And I know every time I say that, I'm just like, yes, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. Okay, chill out. Realize what Dallas is doing this year. Okay, Dak Prescott. 26 in rushing guards, too, is the Saints defense. Dak Prescott so far has been the most accurate quarterback in football. They still have Ezekiel Elliott. I, I get they don't have Gallup, but Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott, I think, have some of the best chemistry from quarterback to wide receiver in the league. They look incredible together. And I'll be truthful. I, the Saints' defense is very shaky. Like, their run defense can be really, really good, and they can get after the passer. But as good as Marshawn Lattimore is as a corner... The guy is as streaky as they get. And at safety, I don't love him. Marcus Williams and Von Bell, I'm not in love. I, I think this could be a big game for Dallas. I really do. They're in the Superdome. Now, it, so is in the, gonna be loud. it is in the Superdome, but it's gonna be loud. I think we could be surprised. I really do. Going to be loud, and they're coming off a massive win. You've got some conf- The Saints have some confidence on them on their shoulders without when their first game without Drew Brees. Now, look. I, big test. I do think that the Saints showed yesterday against Seattle that they can play without Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater is a capable quarterback. Very capable. So, I don't think the Dallas is going to blow them out, especially when it's in New Orleans. But I do think that it's going to be a very high-flying game. It's going to be 30-something to maybe 30-something or... like thirty, it's going to be like thirty-four to twenty-seven or something like. It's going to be something along those lines. Even in the crazy. Superdome, I can't see the Cowboys defense giving up over twenty-some, twenty-seven, thirty points to Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe it's not that Cowboy defense. Maybe 
Uh, listen, I, I don't know. It, I, the big X factor for, for, for Dallas in this game, because I do think they match up well, is how they defend Alvin Kamara in the passing game. If they are able, if if Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith can uh, can keep Alvin Kamara in check in the passing game, then Dallas has New Orleans' number. Because I don't think I'm not in love with Kamara as a pure runner at running back. Like I think he's as an offensive weapon, I think he's great. Like you can use him in a bunch of different ways, and he's capable at running back. But if if you said, all right, Alvin, we're going to use you as strictly a downhill, uh, you know, hand the football off running type running back, I I think he'd be average. I like I don't. Alvin Kamara to me is a. If you took away his pa- his his receiving game, he's a three point eight per carry. You know, a twenty one carry per game, seventy five yard guy. Like that's what he is as a running back. Not bad, but he isn't great. So I think that Dallas matches up against them. It's just, it depends. Is Kamara going to kill him in the passing game? Is he? I don't know. Bridgewater used him a lot less this week, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check that. Kamara? Yeah, because I want to make sure I'm getting that right. New Orleans, Kamara, no, I'm, I'm completely wrong. It nine catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. I'm totally wrong on that. Wow, that was awful. Average 4.3 yards a carry against Seattle. But that's my thing. It's like they gave him 16 carries and 69 yards. That's good for a running back. He didn't dominate the game. You know what I mean? It, it was very spread out. Kamara had nine catches. Michael Thomas had five. Like it's, I don't know. I, I, think, I think Dallas matches up well. Okay, so here's a good one for you. And you're, gonna, you're probably going to hate me for this one because I think I know what the answer is going to be because I think we were both, we're both going to agree on this. Even though we have the Buffalo Bills as a team to watch out for, I felt yeah. the Bills could win eight to nine games this year maybe and compete for a wild card spot. Sure, they're 3-0. They are 3-0 right now. They have beaten the Jets, a Jets team that ended up being banged up later on. The Jets team ended up being banged up with C.J. Mosley being out. A bad Giants team, a bad Bengals team, squeaked by a bad Bengals team this week uh, yesterday at home. They face the Patriots this week at home. 3-0. They get the Titans after that, the Dolphins after that. So 3-0, the Bills are for real. Do you believe in the Bills? I... No, not really. I I hate to say that, but I don't. I I mean, I think that... uh, First of all, I think it's hard to believe in any team in the AFC that isn't the Patriots or Kansas City. That's, That's one thing, is... Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are dominating the NFL right now. And if it isn't them, it's Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I just... And I like Josh Allen. I really do. I I think the Bills are definitely better than what they were, without question. Their defense is better. Uh, Offensively, they are drastically better. Um... But they're not there yet. Sean McDermott. They're not there yet. And Sean... Uh, He's done maybe the most underrated coaching They have a the great coaching staff. Like, this guy is pretty good. Very good. Sean McDermott can coach this game. Now, here's my thing. They're 3-0. The Bills are probably a playoff team. I will, I'm not even going to say... They are, a, they are definitely a playoff team. Unless they lose, like, six of the next seven. They got the Patriots after this, but then they got Tennessee and Miami. And then they got Philly. You're going to call me crazy. Buffalo has a shot this week against New England and Buffalo. They do. 
right, this is not it's a in blowout Buffalo. game. It's in Buffalo. It is in Buffalo. I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo wins that football game. I wouldn't. But here's my thing. The reason I don't think that they're for real, first of all, I think they need more experience. Yeah, that's true. And secondly, I think the AFC is so top-heavy that you're looking at, all right, it's New England, it's Kansas City, and then you're looking at Baltimore, a distant third, and then it's pretty much everybody else. Like Houston, eh. Indianapolis, eh. Cleveland, eh. Buffalo, it's it's the same deal. Chargers, eh. Like, I'm just, I'm not in love with anybody. It's Kansas City, New England, and then maybe Baltimore, and then that's just about it. I just, and I know Buffalo Serena, they punch their ticket to the playoffs. I really do. I think they are punching their ticket to the playoffs, but. They carry two things that you need to carry when you get to November, December. A good running game and a very good defense. They do. They, they carry two things that you got to hit when you they get do. November, December. They do. I just, not yet. Not yet. I'm going to be all in on Buffalo next year if they draft well and they do well in free agency. But not yet. Not yet. And I hate to say that. My mother's a Bills fan. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I hate to say that, sell, but sell, sell. I, I can't. Not yet. Not yet for Buffalo. All right, give me one more, and then we'll go to the so news. So your mom's a Bills fan, and you and your dad are Cowboy fans, and, you, and your fiancé, Paul, is a Saints fan. Correct. My sister's a Patriots fan. And your sister's a <laughs> And this is the Patriots fan. Hey, man, it's an NFL. I don't get why. That's an NFL. She drafted because they win. She drafted I can Tom Brady. I think she drafted Tom Brady in the first round of the fantasy draft this year. Of the family fantasy draft, she had the third overall pick. She drafted Tom Brady. I drafted Tom Brady. And her one. team's the worst team in the league by far. Listen, I did. I did a fantasy league one time a few years ago where I drafted Tom Brady as my number one pick. So I'm with. I I, I, I understand. I understand though. That's terrible. I understand why she did it. All right. Hey man, they win. I don't blame her. All right, give me uh, give me one more. Make it a good one. Ooh, I gotta make it a good one. Okay. So I gotta make it a good one. You're throwing you're throwing it at me now. Yeah. You're throwing it at me now. Okay. Good one. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles buy or sell. They are two games out of the NFC East. Yeah. It's a wrap. Game over. NFC's division championship is on the Dallas Cowboys. Two games out. The Eagles, do they still have a shot at the division? No. No, I'm going to sell that. Sell, I sell, don't sell. think... Yeah, I, listen. The Eagles for the last two weeks... All right, so they... I am putting you on record they, right now. Yeah, they scraped past the Redskins in week one. Then they lost to Atlanta in week two when they shouldn't have lost that game. And then they really lost the game against Detroit at the link. It is written, it is written in stone. NFL week it's three. actually written on paper. Written on paper. It is written in paper. Week three, NFC East, over. It is over. The Cowboys are NFC East division champs here in week I, three. I, I, it is listen, written on paper. At listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I really am. I, the Eagles, I think, are going to be Fine. Unless Daniel Jones, like they will, Daniel Jones wins the division. Yeah. That's your worst nightmare, I think, I think, I think the Eagles will be fine. They will be fine. I, I, I think they do get after the pass, so they have a great defensive line. Uh, their O-line is fantastic. They've got weapons. They're all hurt right now, but they do have weapons. Uh, I like their running game. I love Carson Wentz. Like, they'll be fine. It's just... I think right now, you're 1-2 to start... 
It is an up. People got to remember: if you start out one and two, your chances of making the playoffs are a little rough. Your chances of winning the division, especially with first of all, I think Dallas right now looks like the most stable team in the NFC. So I think that's tough for them. But yeah, I, listen, I think the Eagles, if they keep like they're going to keep going out there with the same thing. And they're going to expect a different result. It's not going to happen. The Eagles look a lot more like nine and seven right now than twelve and four. They do. They look a lot more like nine and seven than twelve and four. And Dallas right now looks a lot more like twelve and four than eight and eight. I, ha- I hate to break it to you. I-, I think the Eagles are going to have a real tough time winning this division. I really do. Wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys swept them. I, re- I really wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. The Eagles don't look dangerous right now. They don't. Nobody could argue with me that, oh, they got offensive line and cars. I'm acknowledging that. They're talented. But uh, same thing what I I was saying with Baker Mayfield before. Show me something I can be excited about. Show me something where I'm actually, where, show me the thing that I'm missing with what the Eagles have that I haven't seen. I know they got weapons. I know they got an offensive line. I know they got a great quarterback. I know they have a running game. I know they got a great defensive line. All of that is working for them. I'm acknowledging that. The fact that they're losing to Detroit is an issue for me. That's an issue for me. I don't know. Whatever. All right, that's buy or sell. All right, let's go to the news real quick. Um, uh, here on a Monday with our interim Big J journalist, Evan Mazzy, here on a Monday. So, yeah, we talked about Jalen Ramsey's out for... Let me just get the music up. Hey, music, can you help work with me? There you go. There it is. There you go. There it is. So we've mentioned before, Jalen Ramsey is uh, out with a flu. He called out sick, out for the flu for the week with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, right. Um, so he said, that's what he said. Uh, he doesn't like, have the flu. Looks like he might not play this week. You got the teams looking, they're looking for a trade. Of course, the Ravens made that offer and they said no. So what team are we looking at here? For what team do we think in the end of the day Jalen Ramsey would go to? Is it Philly? Is it Kansas I do is it Baltimore? think it's Philadelphia. I freaking hate it because I think that's huge, but they get Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia and Kansas City are the two big ones. Other than that, I don't really know. I don't know if anybody's real in on that one. I don't know. Interesting, but I, I, I think Philadelphia is the team that desperately needs it most. I really do. Let's go to Major League Baseball. The Padres, a couple of managerial changes made. Ned Yost announces retirement from the Kansas Yeah, Royals that shocks today. me. Ned Yost is a good manager. I will say, though, that it it's kind of, probably is right for the time for Ned Yost to step aside. I mean, to step away. He's done, he's done a lot for the Kansas City Royals. Helped them win their first world championships since 1985. Got them to another World Series the year before. Kansas City's in a rebuild. That's a Royals team that's in a complete rebuild. Well, yeah, but who, who's your manager going to be? They gotta find one. They gotta they gotta find one that's gonna go through this process with them. Again, like the like the Cubs back in 2010, 2011. You know, this is gonna be a process for the Royals to kind of to rebuild from the Lorenzo Cain, Alex Gordon. Uh, they should Lawrence let Salvador. Stockus they era. should let Salvador Perez be a player manager. Salvador Perez. Oh, he's a smart player. Who's the last player manager? I'm half joking, but I'm half not. Uh, well, if, if we're going by that, who was the last player manager in baseball? Who was the last player? I was don't it, know. Was it Tom Anderson? Was it th- no? Was it? Um, I want to say he was a Yankee. I want to say he was a Yankee. I don't know if I don't know if it was a Yankee, but I want to say it was. 
last let's look. Last player manager. Was it Pete? Wow, was it Pete Rose? In was baseball. It Pete, was it Pete Rose? Pete Rose. It was Pete Rose. It was. Mm. Look at that. He was immediately named the Reds manager. Crazy. Interesting. You never see that anymore. No, that doesn't happen. I think it would be cool if they did do that, though. Salvador Perez? Yeah! Like, what? Why not? You know what I mean? It's not like he's a guy that doesn't have any respect. Everybody loves Salvo. Everybody loves Salvador Perez. What would be the issue? You're a rebuilding team. The worst thing is, you lose 100 games again? Tough. You lost 100 games with Ned Yost. Big deal. This, this Now, this firing made over the weekend was a little surprising considering where the Padres are as a team, but they let go Andy Green, Andy over, the weekend, Green. over the weekend. Uh, were you were you were you caught off guard by this? Were you surprised that they fired Andy Green? And spent Andy Green a Andy little Green? bit, but I mean, I, you got to keep in mind. I mean, the San Diego Padres have been bad for a long time, and think about it. May, normally, organizations don't fire a manager, or I wouldn't say that they don't fire your manager or your coach or anything like that, unless there might be like a relationship that went sour. Maybe he doesn't get along with Manny Machado or something. Maybe he doesn't get along with Chris Paddock or Eric Hosmer or Will Myers. Who cares? You know what I mean? Maybe he just doesn't get along with somebody. Maybe it's somebody on the coaching staff. He's just like, you know what? We're just going to move on. Don't worry about it. I don't know. It's interesting, too, because San Diego is a team that we kind of figured they weren't going to compete this year, but they certainly can compete next year or the following year because that's a, that's a good team on the rise. That's a team on the rise. So you figure maybe they would keep Andy Green just for a little bit. But, yeah, well, I, I was a little surprised by that. They, they let him go. So, I'm seeing this now, Adam Schefter. Schefter, what's he got? Saquon Barkley. Oh, no. How long, Saquon how long? Barkley could miss four to eight weeks oh. with a high ankle sprain. Oh. That's rough. High ankle sprain for Barkley. He's going to miss maybe up to two months. Yeah. That Oof. hurts. Oof. Now, listen. Danny Dimes looked fine without him. But I don't know. Is it is it too bad? Is it too soon for me to say that the Giants' Super Bowl chances are over? I mean, that's a bold that's a bold, that's a bold <laughs> statement there, Mike. Let's see if it works for them. Oh goodness gracious! No, that's a big. That's a. Huge I'll be thing. honest that's with you. Who gives? Who gives? Like, I think Daniel Jones gives. I think Daniel Jones would like Daniel to have, Jones a, does give, have maybe but, the number one running back in football right behind him. For the, for the remainder of his season. They'll be fine, Evan. They have Wayne Gallman. God. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Um, all right. That's the news. Interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza God. on a Monday. Oh, boy. That's a big loss. Loaded show today on a Monday. Uh, I, I'm just preparing you because we're going to be on a short week. I'm not here Thursday or Friday. So uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, and then Wednesday – are going to be low because I got to fit in a bunch of I got to my foreshore four I got to get in um, my gambling pace I got to get in uh, we got to make picks for the week on Wednesday you wanna get uh, the, you wanna get the we got Speedy in, on tomorrow we get the foreshore in tomorrow like maybe before maybe maybe sometime tomorrow I don't know probably Wednesday I'll probably do that Wednesday I mean, at least now you can get now you have because we usually do the foreshore on Friday you can at least maybe do the Thursday game if you want which is Eagles uh, I'm gonna have to cut out a segment I think like I think I have to cut out is he worth it this week. I think I have to. Because I, there's no way we can fit it in. There's no way we can fit it in. 
We're already losing Friday Athlete Deathmatch. Yeah, damn. That sucks. I'm daring you to give me a LeVar Ball one. LeVar Ball. Never lost. LeVar Ball versus the world. LeVar Ball versus Lonzo. Friday Athlete Deathmatch. LeVar Ball versus... All right, coming up next. Okay. Giants fans need to treat Daniel Jones yesterday as an enlightenment. I'll tell you what I mean. Next, Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, the, the Haystack Show Yo. with Mike Guido. It's hour number three, and it's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We're on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldwideSportsRadio.com. I'm Mike Guido. He's Evan Mazza, my producer. It's good to have you in here on this Monday. Uh, plenty of stuff to go over today. So much uh, in the NFL. Played buy or sell. I love buy or sell, man. I really do. Absolutely love buy or sell. But uh, let's let's go into this. So the Giants were able to win yesterday on the road against the Bucks, thirty-two, thirty-one, high-scoring game. Uh, Daniel Jones with the game-winning drive. Uh, Daniel, he was fantastic yesterday in his first start. You know, it, when you've had something for a long time and it's been good to you for the most part, you defend it when it's on the downturn, right? Even when it's on. That steady downslope, you're still like, it's working, it's working, it's working, right? Your family heirloom car that breaks down early, right? It's a 15-year-old car. It's starting to lose its, starting to go through oil easy. Uh, it doesn't run exactly the same. You're constantly putting it in the shop, but you defend it. You keep getting it fixed because it, it's our car, okay? It still runs fine. It still runs fine. still runs fine. Click, 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 click. It, it, you're trying to figure out what works. But then you realize that, you know what, maybe it's time for me to get a new car. And you turn it on. And there you go. There's the engine. It looks good right now. It really does. Looks real good. And you're happy about it. Okay? The Giants for a number of years now have defended Eli Manning like crazy. Because he's been the entire franchise for 15 years. And I understand that. I really do. I kept hearing from Giants fans that Eli wasn't the problem. I needed to look at his numbers. Uh, you know, the problem was that he didn't have good coaching and that he, he had no wide receivers and that the offensive line was terrible. And that's what I kept hearing. That's why they were losing games. Daniel Jones comes in yesterday. And the offense magically got better. Don't ask me how. The offense magically got better. Oh, so, so wait. Eli was the problem. You do realize that the play calling was much better yesterday. And the receivers looked much better yesterday. And the offensive line looked much better yesterday, right? The reality is, is that Eli was holding you back. The receivers had to be cautious in routes because they needed to compensate for his lack of an arm. Pat Shermer's playbook was limited because Eli couldn't expand the field. The offensive line suffered because Eli had, and I mean it this way, zero mobility. Zero. Couldn't escape the pocket. And he wasn't getting rid of the ball quick. 
It was this long, drawn-out throwing motion. It was this big thing. The guy looked like a pitcher. It was ridiculous. And he was throwing change-ups. None of that was present yesterday with Daniel Jones. Oh, and by the way, Daniel Jones played yesterday the entire comeback, the majority of the game yesterday, including that comeback, without Saquon Barkley, who was their best offensive player by far. He did that all with Sa- without Saquon. Do you realize that? He did that all yesterday without Saquon Barkley. And I know people are going to tell me, Mike, don't overreact. You're being ridiculous. They were playing Tampa Bay. They stink. That defense isn't any good. Okay. You realize that Cam Newton with Christian McCaffrey, with Greg Olson, with Ron Rivera, and a bunch of young, talented wide receivers were virtually shut out by this defense at home last week, right? You do realize that. Oh, by the way, Tampa Bay got 10 days off this week. They got an extra rest after the Thursday night game. You know, Cam Newton, the guy that you love, that guy. Yeah, he got virtually shut out by Tampa Bay. Daniel Jones torched him for 32. (sighs) This game against Tampa should serve as an enlightenment for Giants fans. Okay, you can breathe. What I just did before, <sighs> you can breathe again. Okay, all those fans that defended Eli can relax. Okay, I love Eli. I hate the Giants, but I love Eli. But he was the problem with your offense. He was the problem. I told you Daniel Jones today is better than Eli Manning. And that was proved right yesterday. It was proved right. He had the arm strength. He had the quick release. He had the mobility. He had all of that stuff. The playbook wasn't limited. Pat Shermer could actually call plays. This is what happens when you hang on to a quarterback that has deteriorated in skill set for so long. And then you bring in the nice new shiny car and you realize cars just don't break down. They work. It's a miracle. Daniel Jones is your guy now. And I'll tell you this. Another thing you can be encouraged about, Daniel Jones, when everybody hated him, he was hated in New York. Hated. I live here. He was hated in New York. What are we doing drafting him at six? He is in the future. He stinks. He's terrible. The, the guy got booed at Yankee Stadium. Oh, and then he goes and completes 85% of his passes in the preseason <laughs> and then scores 32 against Tampa Bay on the road. Now we have entered today. We have do the, the thing is do the Giants, <clears throat> are the Giants owed an apology? I don't think either side is owed an apology because. Listen, the, because the Giants went out there, picked Dan Jones by Eli Manning's suggestion. The Eli Manning said, hey, you can go out and get him. I love this. Eli, Peyton, Archie, mm-hmm. uh, uh, David Cutcliffe. I don't think he, but, and the, and the people who doubted him were like, 
you know, but again, it's still only one game, so it's one game at a time. I don't think either side is owed an apology. I've kind of seen that today, like, oh, the Giants are owed an apology. I don't think either side is owed anything, right? The Giants. Uh, no, the, the Giants, yeah, I don't think so. Dana Jones went out there yesterday. I mean, there should be no apology. Once Giants, the Giants felt like, okay, he's our guy for the next 10, 10 so years. And the, and the and a lot of fan a lot of Giants fans and a lot of a lot of uh, you know media insiders in New York New York media felt oh god oh boy this is a terrible move why this why that why this why that you just have to take it one game at a time and see what happens I don't think either side is owed an I don't think either side is owed an apology you just got to take it one game at a t- one game at a time and for yesterday that was fantastic that really was fantastic for Daniel Jones and you feel so good for the kid because like you said this dude was booing Yankee Stadium. Still, just attended the Yankee game was booed. Right, like my word. Yes, well, that's my thing. Played a game yet at that is, point. You've got a kid now who walked in on the road and said, "I don't really care. I'm just going to go out here and play." And look at this; those receivers looked a little bit better yesterday, did they not? The offensive line didn't look nearly as bad yesterday, did they not? That Pat Shermer looked like he could actually call plays, and Pat, you could see it in Pat Shermer's press conference. You guys tell me. I thought he did pretty good for his first time out. I think it was Shermer who said we believed in him from day one or something. I think it was Shermer. Well, yeah, they wouldn't have said that. Listen, of course they believe in him. They wouldn't have drafted him if they didn't. Of course they believe in him. And I love hearing that. Okay, look, I hate the Giants, and I'm rooting for the kid. I really am. But you've got a lot to be positive about when it comes to Daniel Jones. You do. A lot to be positive about when it comes to Daniel Jones. Okay. Oh, boy, plenty of stuff today. I think the Giants have a kid. They do. They've got a guy. Accurate, poised in the pocket. Do you, he took a hit yesterday. He delivered a ball down the middle of the field, and a split second later he was pancaked by a defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy's got something. You just want, you just I'm want. not going to tell him that he's great. But he's got something. You just want a, you just want a quarterback who's going to take a hit and get back up and just keep going. That's all. That's what kid's that's, good. That's what Eli was for a the decade. Kid is good. That's what Eli was for a decade, and you know mm. you hope you got that in Daniel Jones. It's it's perfect. You know, so you, that's that's what you like. So that's what you that's what you want for the Giants. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's a good that's a good sign that Daniel Jones is able to get right back up and just keep playing. Just keep playing because you're going to take you're going to face great defenses. Tampa Bay is not a very good defense at all, but you're going to face great defenses. The Cowboys have a tremendous defense. You're going to face those guys twice a year, and they're going to be good for a I'm while. I'm actually worried. I'm actually a little worried. I really am. Now I don't think the, the Giants would beat them, but I, I think Daniel Jones would. Would do a number. I think the Eagles secondary. Now their front's pretty good, but that Eagles secondary, if they don't get that fixed, could be in trouble if, so, if something like that happens. Now, of course, now I think I think Washington after this game tonight, they're going to take some. They're obviously going to take a week to take a deep breath and look at Dan Jones, what he does. Now we have a full regular season game of tape on him. There is no Saquon Barkley, so they don't have to game plan for Saquon Barkley, unlike Tampa Bay. Tampa had to game plan for Saquon Barkley. They don't have to game plan for him. They could just focus on Daniel Jones and force him to beat them and and force, like you said, Wayne Gallman to beat them in the running game. What can the Giants do in the running game to beat them now? Because Daniel Jones, as a rookie, is not going to be able to beat you with his arm every week. The Giants should sign Jay Ajayi. He's just sitting there. He's He's just sitting there. There are a lot of teams that could use a running back. Uh, I, saw uh, there, I shouldn't say a lot. There are a couple of teams that could use a running back, and J.J. is out there. Adam Schefter, I think I saw, said that we're looking at maybe week 11, week 12. Week 11, week 12. Like the final six games for of the him? season. For Barkley. Oh, for Barkley. For Barkley. Wow. So we'll look at maybe the final six games of the year he can come back for. I mean, a J.J. Would, would be an interesting pickup if they want to do it. Obviously, he knows the Philadelphia Eagles play for them when they won the Super Bowl. 
that'd be an interesting pick if you want, if you want to sign a veteran, or maybe you just want to say, hey, we'll just go with Gallman, see what happens, and you know, hope our rookie quarterback plays well. But right. Yeah, uh-huh. but Washington is going to have a week now to prepare. And like I said, this crowd at home is going to go from booing him at Yankee Stadium to giving him maybe the, the, the loudest ovation of the night, of the day, let's be real. They're going to introduce the offense. Daniel Jones is coming out last, and they're going to give him a round of applause. I like this kid, man. I do like Daniel Jones. All right. Uh, coming up next, it is Bold Prediction Monday. I'll give you my three bold predictions. One of them is going to be for tonight. Okay, it's Bears and Redskins tonight. That we got that is coming up next. It's the Haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back. Mike Guido, Evan Mass, my producer. This is the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, thir- uh, I'm sorry, Thursday night. Monday night. Monday night football tonight. Uh, Chicago goes to Washington. Uh, should be an interesting game. Now, I don't think that this is out of the realm of possibility for Washington to win this game. I really don't. You know, I, I, Case Keenum right now is having a better year than Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I think the Bears right now are a little bit unstable. They don't really know what they're doing yet. Uh, I think Matt Nagy's a brilliant coach, but I think offensively they've been struggling. Um, their defense seems to have taken a little bit of a step back from last year. Uh, still great, but uh, a bit of a step back. I would not be surprised if the Redskins actually came out with a win tonight. I wouldn't be surprised about that. Uh, I will take Chicago. I will take Chicago in tonight's game, but I do think it'll be close. I think it'll be relatively low scoring. Uh, it's going to be around the 17 to 13 range, I think. Uh, but I do like Chicago in this game. I do. Um, I don't know. Watch for, you know who's going to have a big game tonight? You know who I think is going to have a which, really big game tonight? On which one? The Bears or, the, or Chicago or Washington? Uh, Chicago. Trey Cohen? Yeah. I look out for Khalil Mack. Because there is no Trent Williams. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Mm Mm-hmm. No Trent Williams. Khalil Mack plus no Trent Williams equals Case Keenum might be running for a while. (laughs) Khalil Mack might have It means Dwayne Haskins. uh, Well, I'm not going to wish injury on Khalil Mack. I'm not going to say injury. I'm not wishing it. I'm predicting it. So Keenum gets hurt. So Keenum gets hurt and Haskins. I'm not rooting for it. I'm saying. I know, but I'm just saying. Case Keenum might suffer something today. Maybe a groin pole. Okay. Or a broken femur. Or. Keenum just. I'm just going to say Keenum is. An epidermis fracture. I'm just going to say Keenum is going to have a guy with the number 5'2 on the jersey, and he might see him for. He might see him a lot tonight. Might see him a lot today. What is so bad about what I'm saying? No, nothing. No, nothing's bad. I'm just saying. I, you know, I'm not gonna, not gonna say. Well, yeah, Keenum might get hurt. And you're gonna see Haskins in there. You know, if Keenum, if you're gonna see Haskins, it's because Keenum's struggling. Like maybe Keenum's having like a five interception day, and Haskins goes in. But because Khalil Mack is just Khalil all Mack over. is all over the place. No, but who's the ba- who's the guy? Who's the Bears player? Tariq Cohen. It's Cohen. Okay. I think it's Tariq Cohen. He's gonna have a game tonight. He's gonna have a game tonight. I think. All right. Um, he's, on, he's on my fantasy team, so. Yeah, he is. I am you in drafted line. him early. I'm in line. Early. Very early. 
I'm in line for my first fantasy football win of the year. Unless Tr- Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Tr- I am playing Mitch Trubisky, so unless Mitch Trubisky goes out there and throws like eight touchdown passes and I lose in heartbreaking fashion, I'm in line for my first fantasy win. Mike Evans, big day. Uh, who else had a big day? Oh, I, dra- I picked up Nicole Harmon right, right as- <laughs> out of nowhere. I picked him up. 83-yard touchdown against my team. Got that. Uh, let's see. Nick Chubb had a decent day. He had 23 carries for 96 about, uh, yards. Um, so if you get your win, are we going to hear the, uh, the, uh, woo, <laughs> yay. Yo, we have not played that in so long. It was a Laker buy-in meter thing. That was a Laker buy-in meter. Oh, is that going to be brought back this year? The NBA is kicking off soon, tipping off soon. We're gonna I will do probably that? retire the Laker buy-in meter. Really? This year of all years? Because this year, we, this year the Lakers actually could make a run here. This year, you're retiring it now. Are you sure about I'm that? I'm going to retire. Are you sure about I'm gonna that? I'm going to retire. This year might not be the year to you retire. You have to find a new thing where you can use that drop, though, because I like it. It's funny. Oh, I got I to I do the drop. I love the face that you make, too. You're like, <laughs> you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm up 100. I'll play it tomorrow if I win. I'm up 103.1 to 74.6. He's got Mitch Trubisky. I've got... Tariq Cohen and the Bears defense going out today. Yeah, Mark Andrews only had a point yesterday, but Hardman 16 points. Mike Evans 13 points. Yeah, who do you like tonight? Frank I, I, Gore, like, Frank, I like Frank Gore 14 points. I love that pick. I picked him with my final pick. I was like, I got, I got the ageless one. wonder. The ageless wonder, Frank Gore, and then Lashawn McCoy. And I was, I told you when they picked him, and I was like, when I picked Frank Gore, I said, you know, they're giving him more carries in, the, in camp. Apparently, you got the whole thing with McCoy. Who knows what's going to happen? Sure enough, McCoy gets cut, and Singletary got now, hurt. And, yeah, Singletary, unfortunately, got injured. But still, you had Gore kind of splitting carries. So now Gore's kind of taking over. I love that pick when I got Frank Gore. All right. Um, I like the Bears tonight. You agree or yeah, not? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you're, you're a closet Bears uh, fan. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my Bears hat. I got my Bears hat my Bears jersey all ready for you. And your mustache and yeah, your sunglasses. And my, 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 my Bears mustache. My, Bears, my, stop my, it. My, I'll tell you what, man. The Bears. I got the Bears winning tight. The Bears. Got Bears. Now I got the. It's gonna be close because yeah, the Bears' offense has been has actually you know has struggled. They struggled against Denver last week. They struggled they barely squeaked by Denver with the, the penalty and the fourth and ten conversion. Uh, they struggled against Green Bay. Uh, going going the road against Washington, I I could see them struggling again. This is an opportunity though for the Bears' offense to get going because I don't think Washington's defense is that good. I think they can get. I think you can look at Tariq. I Cohen think it's pretty day. good. They have a good front seven. I think you got. I think maybe Al Robinson could have a nice day. I, I, I'm looking for Mitch Trubisky to have that game where he shows that. Yeah, I am a franchise quarterback. Because I do think he is. I think. I do think Mitch Trubisky is a franchise quarterback. I like him. I liked what I saw last year from him. He's got to show me more. And I'm looking. He's got to show me oh, more stuff with the arm. He's. And I like Mitch too. I'm I think he's. I think he's talented. Too. He's got to show me that though. I'm looking at David Montgomery too. I'm looking at Montgomery too. Give him. They ran the football a lot last week against Denver. I'm looking at Montgomery. Maybe some runs to Cordell Patterson. Maybe actually gives him three cones. That kid, David Montgomery, looks good. But open up. He looks action. like he's going to be good. I don't know. Trey Burton is back. This is his second game back. I don't know how. Maybe, maybe excuse me. Maybe in set week two back for Trey Burton, they get him more involved uh, in this offense. As you burp too. <laughs> whew, oh, we that one. Oh man, me too. But, no, maybe they get Trey Burton involved in here more often. So that, I think that's a key. Mitch Trubisky to Trey Burton. That's a key to get, get Trubisky going, get Burton going. I got the Bears in this game, 23-13. I think, like I said, no Trent Williams. I think Khalil Mack is going to have a field day. I think, I think Case Keenum is going to have a rough day with, with Khalil Mack all over the place and that Bears front. I'll say 23-13 the Bears tonight. All right. So let's go to the news with our interim Big J journalist, Evan 
Mazza on a Monday. So we mentioned before, Daniel Jones again. Daniel Jones had a fantastic day. He's going up against the uh, going up against Washington's defense this Sunday at home. home, home at home, his home debut. Uh, place is going to be packed, I'm sure. I'm sure tickets are. I'm here. I saw the Giants as soon as the game was over yesterday. The Giants posted on Facebook and Twitter. Daniel, like a few minutes after, Daniel Jones's home debut. Like for for ticket sales this Sunday. Like they, you know, people are now buying. Or buying. They're going to go. They're going to go to this game. So what are we looking forward to this week for Daniel Jones at Game 2 against a division rival this time? And now we know for a fact there's no Saquon Barkley. Keep pace. Keep pace. You know, do what you can. Hit your receivers. Hit your receivers. Tear up that defense. Pull out a win. That's what I want to see out of Daniel Jones this week. I really do. Uh, next week. I'm sorry. But keep on pace. Stay poised in the pocket. That's what I want to see. Uh, I, listen, I don't really have much to critique for what he saw, uh, from what I saw on Sunday. So just keep pace with what you're doing. It was, I was really impressed. Do it, uh, you know, uh, and don't even do it to the level that you did it. But make the good throws and keep pace with what you're doing. Let's go to Baltimore Ravens Chiefs for a second. This game, uh, obviously, the Chiefs got their 23 to six lead. Ravens fought back in the end. Actually, had a drive in the first. Uh, Actually had a drive in the second half, their first drive in the second half, where they did nothing but run the football and scored a touchdown. But in this game, John Harbaugh was really, I would say, too aggressive. I like being aggressive, but there is such a thing as too aggressive. They scored on the opening drive, on their opening drive offensively, and then went for the two and missed it. They had three two-point conversions, which they missed. They had two. They went for on two fourth downs. Went over three on two-point two point conversions. conversions. They went for a fourth down twice on their own side of the field, missed it both times. So John Hallbach, John Hallbach said after the game, we're going to be aggressive. And again, games like these are going to be aggressive. Do you think there's a limit to it? I, again, I like it too. I like being aggressive, but there's also being too aggressive. First drive of the – you score, you're up 6 nothing. I want an extra point. Give me a 7 nothing. I agree. Do you like – do you agree with it? Do I, you like it? I agree to an extent with what you're saying because I do think that there is a limit. I think there's such a thing as being too aggressive. I mean, we score like, – you, you score in the opening drive, you're up 6 nothing. I want 7. I would have said this. Okay. I don't mind going for two on the first possession. I don't. It set the tone for the game, right? It, and if you miss it, it's fine. It's one less point that you would have had. Whatever. Okay, you can make it up. But I will say that if you are 0 for 2, you're 0 for 2 on fourth down, you're 0 for 2, uh, two-point conversions, just take the points. You know what I mean? It, depending on the field position, punt it, excuse me, punt it away. And you're all for two on two point conversions, then then kick the extra point. Okay, you you have the best, you have one of the best, if not the best, kicker in football. Just put him to work. It's fine. Like, listen, hey, you need as many points as you can get against the Chiefs. So I don't blame him for going for two, but there does have to be a point where all right, it isn't working. Let's take the points where we can get them. Like I said, you and I both agree. I love being aggressive. I love being aggressive. But you're Hubs, right. There is, is there is a limit to that, and they should have they should have uh, taken precaution after a couple of failed attempts and have just you know uh, gone with what they were able to get. Yeah, I mean, especially on that opening drive. I know I understand what you mean. The, the, the drive, score is deceiving. The Chiefs took the lead oh, really early. Twenty three six and a half. They dominated. Yeah, it was it was a, it was an entirely Chiefs game. The Ravens did come back at the end of the game to make it close, but you know that was it was really pretty much Chiefs 
football game for pretty much the entire game. Again, they had a very good drive in that second half. And the first drive of the game where they did nothing but run the football and the Chiefs just couldn't stop it. And they ended up scoring. We're both watching that game. My brother and I are watching the game at the uh, Texas Roadhouse in, in Plattsburgh. You can take advantage. Like, oh, that happened. You can take advantage of... You can take advantage of the Chiefs' defense. Oh, they're they're suspect. That's the one thing that came away from the Super Bowl. One thing is keep, keep, keep away from the Super Bowl. That's that defense. Yeah. But um, yeah. I thought it was interesting. And, like, yeah, I, I, I like being aggressive. But John, that's John Hubbug's MO. He's always going to be aggressive. He's always going to go for it. I, it's just that opening drive. I'm like, you get the touchdown. You're up early in Kansas City. Okay. Send, just send Tucker out there and get the extra point. Let me get the 7-0 lead. Because that Chiefs offense is good. You give them, It's really, really good. You give them some breathing room. They're going to take advantage of it. Sure enough, Chiefs, the offense went right back on the field. Scored 7-6 right off the bat. Right. So it's like, mm, you know, you don't want, you don't want to, t- you don't want to give Tucker, not give Tucker a chance. But, um, we talked about Jalen Ramsey too. Jalen Ramsey out with the flu injury. We'll go back to him. He's out with the flu. Uh, so as that's what he says. He's not going to practice. Uh, he didn't play. He played last week against the Titans. I think we're both. I think we both are in agreement that Jalen Ramsey has played his final game in ten, in Jacksonville. He wants to be traded. He wants again, to again. I do think that, but I'm not crazy confident in that. I'm really not. Like I, I think it's possible that he could have played his last game, but it is also possible that he stays, at least for now. I think he wants out, but I think it's possible that they are really reluctant to trade him. Maybe till the deadline. Right. Couple of injury, couple of injury news too. Malik Hooker, uh, Malik Hooker, of the Colts tore his meniscus. His knee. He's out. He's also out four. To, he's out four to six weeks. That's tough. Keanu, Keanu Neal tore his Achilles. He's out. He's done for the year. Obviously, really? Yes. Keanu. He was out all last year. Yep. Yeah. That's a, he's a good player too, Keanu Neal. And Cam Newton of Cam, Panthers already today ruled Cam Newton out this week due to a foot injury. Kyle Allen, so some big injuries. Cam Newton again out. Keanu Neal Falcons lose Keanu Neal for the season again. Unfortunately, tough tough break for Keanu Neal. Guy's a good player. And Malik Hooker tore meniscus his knee. He's out four to six weeks. Big loss for a Colts defense and a Colts team that's been that's now two and one now. They've won two in a row since they lost that tough one to the Chargers in overtime. They took the Chargers overtime. Uh, beat the uh, Titans uh, week two. They had a good win against the Falcons yesterday. So tough, tough break for a Colts team that's been at two and one to start the year. And surprising yeah. a lot of people without Andrew Luck. Crazy. But yeah, Keanu Neal, that's a big, boy, that's a big loss. Keanu Neal, that's Oof. a big blow. And Malik Hooker's a big blow too. Yeah. That Colts defense is all right, but it ain't perfect. Malik Hooker is one of their best defensive players. That's a big loss for them. Uh, we'll do another piece of news. We'll do another piece of news before we get to bowl predictions. This is interesting. So Adam Schefter reported this this morning that holding penalties plummeted, plummeted Sunday after a conference call between Vice President officiating Al Riveron and the referees on Saturday. Officials threw 41 flags for offensive holding yesterday, an average of 2.9 per game. The first 33 games of the season, they averaged 5.7 per game. For holding? For holding penalties, yes. Listen. Interesting that they had a conference call about this. Interesting. They must have heard. They must have. They must have heard teams talk about it. They must not have been happy with the way. They must. Know, they must have heard the complaints from teams and, and players Listen, about the holding penalties. So whatever. Talked about it. But at the same time, I like. Why is it such a big deal? Nothing the officials do will make anybody happy anyway. What is the difference? I don't get it. I don't get it. I really don't. I like. 
okay, but... I don't know. Like I said, it... They stopped calling holding. What are you, blind? That's what we're going to hear. I guarantee it's what we're going to hear. Here now. Oh, they had that conference call. Now they're just going to not call it? I mean, this whole Guarantee on, this, you'll hear that this, this year. holding on every play, truthfully, in the line of scrimmage. A lot of offensive and defensive linemen have said it, that holding always goes on in the, in the line of scrimmage. It's just more so, how do the referees catch it? Will the referees catch it? You know, it, that's it, that's just it. That's just it. You know, def- maybe they're also talking about defensive holding in the secondary, and that's right. in the secondary again. Wide receivers and corners are always going at each other, always trying to get an advantage during a pass during the passing play. So, you know, I, I think this conference is done to just. I'm sure that I'm sure they heard it from the NFL. They heard it from the players. They heard it from teams. So they had to have a conference about it. And then I'm sure they again maybe 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 you're going to see more of a higher rate this week, this upcoming week of holding penalties. Or maybe it gets a little lower. So we'll find out this week what the rate is for holy penalties. We'll see. Right. This past week it was, let me see. Let me check that again. This past week was an average of 2.9 per game. This past, uh, Yesterday. 5.7 over the last two weeks, over the first two weeks of the season. All right. All right. That's the news. Interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Monday. All right, it is Bold Prediction Monday. I give you three bold predictions to go into these next few weeks. Uh, I guess going forward, I'll, I'll say it like that. Um, so, Evan, could you remind people what my bold predictions look like right now? All right, well, Daniel Jones will start week. Will start by week 10. That one I got. Uh-huh. Lamar Jackson will eclipse rushing, atten- rushing attempts from last year. Uh, we, were, we got the Dak Prescott $33 million annually wrong. Elliot's Elliot Ezekiel Elliott's holdout. We got that one wrong. The Virginia uh, Virginia versus Japan Little League World Series. Uh, we also have Jarvis Landry be the Browns. We also have still still in Jarvis Landry be the Browns leader. And I think what was it catches and yards? Catches. Catches. Okay, he will lead the team in catches. I don't know where he is right now in terms of catches, but um, I don't know if you want to count this one. And I think I remember you said I remember you said you don't. AB will not finish the year with the Patriots. Because we made this bold prediction, we made this prediction. I think you made this prediction what before the allegations, or it was before. I no, I'll count that. You want to count? I'll it? count that. Okay. I'm not going to take credit for why I said it it wouldn't work out, because that I wasn't right on. But I was right that he wouldn't finish the year in New England. Okay. So I'll take the I'll take that. All right. And Lamar will finish as a top three finals for MVP. And Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson for the first month will lead the league in scrimmage yards. Now Austin Eckler was number three, I believe, last week when I checked. Uh, Justin Jackson was nowhere near was nowhere near the top top range, but I, know, I remember Eckler was like three or four when that happened. But that's a combined, not both, not one of them, but a combined. Right. So, what are we bold predictions for this week? I got here my pen. Here we go. I got my pen. All right, number one. Here we go. This one will be the one where you got to wait till the end of the year, probably till next year too. Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback for the Bucks next year. I'm penciling that in. I think Bruce Arians is going to want to give him another shot. Plus, I also think the Bucks are going to be in a position where they're not going to get a draft pick that's too, too high. And I think they're going to try and fill another need. So, wouldn't be surprised if they dipped into a quarterback class this year, but started Jameis Winston next year anyway. That's one. Number two. This one's the one for tonight. Mitch Trubisky 
will throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns tonight against Washington. I'm calling it right now. I think the receivers match up well. Josh Norman's a bit of a smaller guy. Allen Robinson's a big physical receiver. I think he's going to have a big day. I think Tariq Cohen's going to get in the end zone. I think Trubisky's going to show off tonight. I really do. Against the Redskins defense that their secondary's okay. Their front seven's good. But I do like Trubisky to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns tonight. And my third... We head into Major League Baseball. The New York Yankees, to finish the year in the remaining five games they have, will go 5-0. They will finish the season undefeated. I think they win both games on the road against Tampa, and I think they win all three games in Texas. So the Yankees' remaining schedule is... okay. Tampa, Tampa tomorrow, Tampa Wednesday, and then a four-game, uh, sorry, Tampa, Tampa tomorrow, Tampa Wednesday, three-game series, day off Thursday, three-game series against the Rangers out of Texas. Okay? That's what I think. You're not worried that they're going to, I mean, they definitely, they played their stars yesterday. Darren Judge was playing yesterday. John Carl Stanton played yesterday. Aaron Judge had a home run yesterday. They won't go 4-1. and one. They'll go 5-0. and 5-0. Oh. Oh. All right. There we go. Full predictions. What do you think? What do you think? I think you're going to get two of the three wrong. I don't know. I don't think the Winston. I think you're going to get the Winston one wrong. I think I think Winston, this is it for Winston this year. I think this is it for him. Remember, Bruce Arians did not come to. Bruce Arians came to the box. Winston was already the quarterback. He was brought in to either help fix Winston or draft his own quarterback. I think if things don't go well for Winston this season, Winston will be gone, and Bruce Arians will go for his for his new quarterback. So this all depends on if Winston plays well or not. Okay. I think going to be on the Trubisky one. I mean, I think Trubisky will have a good game. I don't know if he'll throw 300 yards and three touchdowns. I think that one, that one, you might be a little wrong. Now, hey, I'd be I'd be happy for Mitch if he win for 300 300 yards, three touchdowns. As long as it doesn't fuck me in the fantasy. <laughs> but. I think I think he could throw for at least two fifty, maybe get two touchdowns, maybe he even gets a rushing touchdown. You want to include rushing touchdowns for? No, he no, will three throw passing. Three. Okay, he will throw three. Okay, these are bold, man. I got to make them bold. I know, no, I know. I know. I'm I'm going into this knowing I'm going to go in a negative percentage. I think this. I think the Yankees will go five and zero. I think they'll go. I five do too. I, I do too. I can see them definitely finishing the season five and zero. Now, the question is, will they have the best record in the American League? When they, if that happens, now the Yankees are 100 and uh, 102 and 57. Uh, 100, 102 and 55. The Astros are uh, 102 and 54. So they're neck and neck right now for that best wild game. Best they're a, they're a half game back. Half game back. So they're neck and neck with five games to go. I think that's I think that's an even that's a prediction. So let's add it. Do the Yankees finish the season with the best record of baseball? They're a half game behind the who Astros. Do the, who do the Astros play? Let me check their schedule. In the final six games of their schedule. So that's going to depend also. Seattle for two. To the, tomorrow and Wednesday. And then they and get the a four-gamer? Angels with the Angels in Anaheim for four. Ooh. I don't know. I'm going to say yeah. Is it possible they both run the table? Because I, I think that 
Now, if Houston loses one of those games, the that Yankees means the Yankees seven. go five and zero. Oh, that means that they finish with the same record. They would, yes. But the Yankees, you said the Yankees are a half, Yankees are a half game behind. Right, they but I'm so, but I'm predicting the Yankees to go undefeated, right. and for the Astros to lose one of those games, so they get the game back. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. If they lose a game, they'll be they'll be, have the exact same record. They'll be the same in the loss column. Yeah. So, if they lose one game, they're tied. Then what does it go down to? Season series? Season series. Does it go right into the record of the American League? I wouldn't imagine so, right? I would imagine that it's season series. Season it goes head-to-head. Series. Head. Season series? Well, head-to-head, head, the Yankees are 3-4 and four against the Astros. So the Astros have them? Yes. All right. So we need the Astros to lose two games. I think it's possible. We need the Astros to lose two games. Seattle for two, Angels for four. All on the road. All on the road. The Yankees have... Uh, Tampa also on the road too. They're on the road too. These next two, these next five games. So, you think the Yankees will finish with the finish with home field advantage? I don't know. It's tough. I don't feel confident in that. Okay. I don't. So I'm not going to predict that. Okay. But I will say that the Yankees will go undefeated. I can't tell you what the Astros are going to do. It's tough. It's certainly tough. All right. That's bold prediction Monday. I give you three bold predictions going into next week. Uh, so it looks like that Byron Jones has yet to talk to the Cowboys about a new contract. Cowboy Stephen Jones says the top cornerback hasn't approached the team seeking a new deal. What about Amari Cooper? Um, I am guessing Amari Cooper is going to have to wait till the end of the year. Which is a shame. Well, if he hits the mark, because I, you got to, you have to get Dak done, and you got to get Amari Cooper done. You have to, you have to. Got to get those guys done, without a doubt. Let me see the tw- let me see the free agent wide receiver class um, coming up. Amari Obviously Cooper. Cooper's there. Wouldn't Fitzgerald be there too? <laughs> technically Larry speaking, Fitz Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitz will probably retire. Technically, I know he's probably. I know he probably is going to retire. But technically, <laughs> oh well, another guy. A certain, a certain other guy will be a free agent too. Antonio Brown. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> he's a free agent again. Yeah, Fitzgerald. Um, look at some of the other free agent wide receivers. Fitzgerald, uh, Willie Sneed, obviously good slot guy. Um, Chris Hogan. Of the Carolina Panthers, he's a free agent at the oh end of the Lord. season. Oh, AJ Green, AJ Green. <sighs> we were talking about too. We were talking about too with the gentleman before AJ Green um, coming back early. What was it coming back uh, and maybe trying by the before the trade deadline? You and know. he would get traded by then too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Trade, trade. He he felt he his he felt Seattle, which Seattle, hey, I, that'd be a good spot for him. <clears throat> Uh, Tavon Austin, Randall Cobb, obviously the Cowboys signed those two guys to one-year deals, along with Amari Cooper, uh, Manuel Sanders, Danny Amendola, Jermaine, Danny Amendola, uh, Geronimo Allison, Devin Funches. Not a lot. Not a lot. You got to get him back. You got to get Amari Cooper back. No way. You can't lose him. Josh Gordon. No. I don't want him. 
Mm. I don't want him. I don't want him. Really? I don't want him. I Josh, can't Gordon, him. Josh Gordon or Amari Cooper? You take Amari Cooper? Yeah, by far. By far. That's a tough one for me. Because uh, I understand. I like Josh I to- Gordon I as totally a player. Understand. I can't Josh- trust him. Josh Gordon, I totally understandable. I totally understandable, but Boy, there was a third and twenty. I mean, I know it's the Jets' secondary, but that there was a third and twenty-two. I think it was. Brady threw a really good pass down the sidelines, but Josh Gordon made a tremendous catch. Just a tremendous catch. That's fine. Reached out for his hand, tippy toed in the near in the on the uh, for tippy toed around the around the line to get the first down on twenty-third and twenty-two. I I I totally get it. You're right. You're one hundred percent right. I it's it's hard to trust Josh Gordon with his history. Man, he's good. Man, that guy, it's just, it's scary how good he is. That's why it gets infuriating sometimes when he, when he has his troubles because so, he's so good on the field. Yeah. But uh, Philip Dorsett's also a free agent. Philip Dorsett, Cameron Meredith, Cody Latimer, Robbie Nothing. Anderson. Nothing. Robbie Anderson. All right. That does it for us. Uh, it's the Haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. That's Evan Manson, my producer. I'm Mike Guido. It's good to have you in here on this Monday. Short week, so we're going to have two busy days on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.